Hello, Hyrule. Welcome back to the premier Legend of Zelda Travelogue podcast. We are your tour guides. My name is Pete. And my name is Chris. Hey, Pete. What's going on? Holy cow. It is the <laughs> penultimate episode of Hello, Hyrule's Ocarina of Time season. The, the last proper dungeon, because I don't count the last one personally. I don't yeah, count it. Yeah, it's kind of a dungeon, kind of a place. Anyway, we're talking about the Spirit Temple today, a beloved dungeon, a dungeon with tons of history tons of mechanics i thought you were gonna say tons of spirit i was gonna be really mad at you tons of spirit and because of all of that we need another well-read you know long-time zelda podcaster to help us along and make sure we don't miss a beat here and fortunately we have andy from the zelda cast with us today Hey, Andy, how's it going? It's going great, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for having me. I don't know about well-read, but uh, we'll, we'll try and get through the Spirit <laughs> Temple here. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for, for you know, reaching out and and, and being down to, to record this one. I mean, what an exciting dungeon to talk about. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I uh, I love, uh, it's no secret to, to anyone that listens to my show, I love Ocarina of Time. I, I love this dungeon. It's one of my favorites in the series. And uh, I saw that. I was like, there's no way I can't uh, I can't just slide into their DMs and be like, hey, <laughs> what you got going on there? I see the spirit temple. And I'm glad you did, because I think that the Hello Hyrule audience who who isn't already very familiar with the Zelda cast would be particularly interested in both the Zelda cast and Omega Metroid. Can you give a quick rundown of what those two podcasts are? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, so the Zelda cast is the official podcast of Zelda Dungeon. Uh, where uh, myself and my co-host and, and good pal Allison, uh, you know, we we talk about Zelda weekly every every Sunday. We uh, we record uh, live stream rather on Twitch. Um, and depending on the week, we do a lot of like top 10 rankings. We do a lot of retrospects. We do a lot of like breaking news. We do a lot of uh, I mean, right now, as as we record, um, we're not that far out from from Tears of the Kingdom. So we're we're knee deep into our our summer of tears as we're calling it <laughs> so basically the whole summer has been about that game and uh you know we like to have a lot of fun and, and shenanigans along the way and then um the omega metroid podcast is is honestly the uh the metroid equivalent of the zelda cast where uh you know we get to talk about a, a series that doesn't get as much love but is, is very uh near and dear to my heart which is which is metroid so have a lot of fun doing that uh doing that as well that's awesome yeah so it must have been uh, over the past few years, pretty exciting for you, considering we got Metroid Dread, Man. Metroid Prime Remastered, <laughs> and now recently Tears of the Kingdom. You guys have yeah. probably had a lot to talk about, huh? Yeah, you know what? We've been eating pretty good, uh, especially on the Metroid side, especially for a series that did like it never gets games. Right. So it's it's, it's actually true. it's funny because I, I think um, like when we first started the Zelda cast, the Champions Ballad was just coming out. So. Like mm -hmm. in that time, we had uh, the announcement of Link's Awakening and then um, Age of Calamity and Skyward Sword right. HD, um, obviously Tears of the Kingdom. And and what's funny about Tears of the Kingdom and Metroid is like there's actually been a couple of Nintendo Directs over the years where I was I was covering uh, the Direct for Zelda Dungeon as uh, not a podcaster, but as I was when I was part of the writing team. Oh, 
And uh, we, we were, we, you know, there was kind of a, a heavy cloud, if you will, over us for, for a long time. Be like, OK, is Breath of the Wild 2 showing up today? Is like, what's going on with this game? Sure. They didn't say anything for so long. And there was a couple times where we did get a little sneak peek trailer of, of Tears of, or what we know now as Tears of the Kingdom. But on mm-hmm. that on the first one, it was at E3 2021 and Metro Dread was announced. And I was like, oh, my God. And and like to me, like Metro <laughs> Dread completely overshadowed Tears of the Kingdom. And then fast forward <laughs> a couple of years and they show another trailer for Tears of the Kingdom, which still isn't out yet. And then they yeah. announced Metroid Prime HD, which comes out that day. And I was like, oh, my God. So like, it was like a second time. Metroid <laughs> just completely, for me, stole the thunder of Tears of the Kingdom. So it's it's been uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. That's actually inter- an interesting point. Like the marketing legs that they put behind something like a metroid release and a zelda release they can tease out a zelda game for a few years but Mm -hmm. the metroid games they kind of let cook more Mm -hmm. recently uh until they're a little bit closer to ready a little fun behind the scenes hello hyrule trivia i guess uh pete and i when we were figuring out what we want to do we kind of went back and forth with a few ideas and uh pete is actually also super passionate about metroid right yes Uh uh-huh yes so like we we almost did like a Hello Hyrule version, but Metroid. That would have been so hard. That would have been that, so hard. That would have been tough. <laughs> that would have been tough. Well, let me tell you, you have an open invitation to the Omega Metroid podcast. Let me just say that. That sounds great. I listened to one of your more recent episodes, actually, where you were like kind of chalking up a Tears or Breath of the Wild style Metroid game. Yeah. Like an open world Metroid. Honestly, pretty interesting. I think that you had some pretty good ideas there. Yeah, you know, it, it, I think it could have been cool. And uh, I don't know if any of them are feasible ideas, but like, <laughs> hey, you know, it, my, give it a shot. Something to give Metroid that uh, that level up to the next, you know, to the next tier yeah. of Nintendo franchises. Got to modernize. Yeah. And similarly, while we may have never done the official Metroid Travelogue podcast, you you guys are doing something over on your Patreon where you're ranking all of the Metroid areas. Is that still going on? Uh, yeah, that is. And in and because I, I stole the idea, so I have to plug it from my good friend, uh, Gooey Fame. I'm sorry, I'm going to plug away here. I actually, we, me and Gooey do a podcast called Virtual Theater, which is about video game movies. And uh, that's been going a couple of years now. And and so uh, Goo started to do a series on his YouTube channel where he was ranking every dungeon in the Zelda series. And I, I think he's at like he's about to start the Minish Cap as we start, which is already like nice. We're like 70 dungeons in or something outrageous. So right I kind of I messaged him one day and I was like, you know, I'm looking for something cool to do in our in our Patreon. Like, can I can I kind of steal this idea and like <laughs> reshape it to to Metroid a little bit? And so uh, he was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And so yeah, Goo came on the first episode with me and we've done uh, I think we've only done about eight areas right now so far. And it's it's really tough because like, how do you rank a Metroid area? Like, how do you rank a Zelda dungeon True. versus other ones? You know, it's tough. It, it also comes into question, like, how are you going to rank like the first person versus the side scrollers? Yeah. How are you going like, to get to try to be fair to other M? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's uh, that, I've, actually this month we've got our first other M area coming up. So uh We'll see. <laughs> Pete, I don't want to put you on the spot at all, but like just, you know, off the top of your head, do you have any any top areas that you are hoping get a little bit of love in the uh, ranking of Metroid areas? Oh, boy. Uh, there's a few places in Metroid Prime 3 that are really great. Uh, mm. I thought that a lot of stuff in Dread was really cool. But like, I mean, I'd have to look at a whole list, I think. It's been a bit since I actually played one <laughs> mm-hmm. since Dread. Mm. I still I, I still need to grab uh, Prime 1 HD. Like that's still on my list. You will be blown away. That as at this point right now, 
I, I think it's the best looking game Nintendo's ever made. It's, oh, it, it looks wait. phenomenal. It really does look super good. Can I also say really quick, a quick note about Zelda Dungeon that uh, I, on a personal note, am very appreciative of, uh, <laughs> and that is monster stat blocks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it, it has come very, it has become very uh, helpful resource for me uh, in making my tabletop game. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll, I'll pass that along to you. We have, we have a ginormous wiki like walkthrough team that like the the day tears of the kingdom came out they had like that whole map done and like with all the koroks and everything i i don't know how they do it but they're they're pretty they're they're superhuman over there that's wild i actually i'm glad you bring that up because that kind of leads into the next thing i wanted to mention zelda dungeon everyone who listens to hello hyrule i've got to imagine has heard of zelda dungeon if not has has used zelda dungeon as a resource zelda dungeon for me has been like essential over the past few years as i've been like trying to go back and 100 percent or just play through a lot of zelda games that i've missed previously just so that like i could speak more intelligently about zelda as a franchise on (laughs) this podcast i breezed through like twilight princess and wind waker over the past couple of years and zelda dungeons uh, like fantastic uh walkthroughs like super helped me get through it in a reasonable time frame between seasons Mm -hmm. Um, so like shout out to the crew there because like I think it I've I've used a few different Zelda guides and I think Zelda Dungeons kind of where it's at. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, the their interactive maps are are, are awesome. Uh, I, I like I don't want to give too much credit to Mossy's. His head is going to get too big. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he 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 does, he does a great uh, he does a great job with the guides team. And, and I would be lying if I particularly like the older Zelda, like like Zelda NES and Zelda 2. Mm-hmm. I would be uh, I'd be in tough without uh, without the guide there and and to sure. throw a weird one I was like very appreciative that this is weird but he had like uh, if I don't know if you guys have ever played Tingle's Rosy Rupee Land I have but <laughs> it, so so it's almost unplayable if you don't have the list of like what you could sell stuff and buy stuff it's true. for and uh thank god that was there yeah i love that game by the way me too it's a mess but i love it i i legit think it's sort of like a great game and like the one last thing i wanted to ask it's it's such a unique year for Zelda in that we just got a mo- I mean it'll be a few months by the time this releases but like just a month ago we got Tears of the Kingdom and I'm just so curious can you give any insight into what it's like being at a major Zelda website in like the weeks and months leading up to a major Zelda release like like can you talk about at all like what it's like on the planning side there Um yeah so and it kind of depends because there's a few different arms of Zelda dungeons. So like there are uh, three, three, I guess, main big ones that uh, that would like directly impact coverage would be like the writing side, the social media side, and then the uh, the walkthrough side. So um, the walkthrough, they, they kind of had their own plan to how they tackle it. I, I don't pretend to know about that, but mm-hmm. I know from from certainly the writing side, you typically as as games get closer and then actually, especially after the game releases, um, there is a flurry of news. So we, we have monthly writers meetings where we talk about, you know, different kinds of stuff to coming up, what to, what to look out for uh, features, that kind of stuff. So we had uh, like we were, we were very prepared and a lot of our editors have been there for a lot of years and kind of had been through some of that before. So just kind of making sure that you're, you know scrolling twitter scrolling wherever making sure that you're kind of staying on top of all the different news who's going to write it when's it coming out when's it going to be scheduled social is a little bit of a different animal because you you want to produce content leading up to and then especially 
afterwards, but it, you have to be very sensitive with what you share and like spoilers and stuff like that, particularly with sure. Tears of the Kingdom when that um, when that art book leaked beforehand. There was oh. a lot of like moderation to, to be done on that side before. So yeah, it takes a village for sure to to make sure that you're like geared and, and ready. Um, so, I mean, like there's probably... You know, there's probably close to 100 people across the site and, and they're all volunteers like that that do this because they they love doing it. I mean, I was a volunteer for many, many years, just kind of making sure that like, OK, like this story's here. Let's write it. Let's claim it. Let's get it out. This is on, you know, we're going to make a cool post to maybe attract viewers on social media to the website or plug our new interactive map. So it, you, you kind of have a lot of different departments, but like kind of one overall I guess like direction, which is which is important. Sure. So yeah, it's uh, it's like chaos, but like kind of cool chaos, you know. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's fun. And just last thing before we start the proper episode, uh, what what was your first Zelda game, and like what's your favorite Zelda game? Well, I, what a great segue because my first Zelda game and my favorite Zelda game are uh, the game that we're here to talk about today, oh. which is Ocarina of Time. Perfect. Right. It, 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 this almost sounds cheesy whenever I say it, and it kind of is, I guess. But like when uh-huh. I when I was a kid, I remember uh, I remember playing Ocarina of Time. Uh, we're the same age, so we were I don't know maybe like eleven or twelve or something like that. Sure. And I was playing Ocarina of Time, and uh, before Ocarina of Time, to me. Video games are like kind of like a fun thing that you did, like you'd schmuck around and, and maybe like blast some people <laughs> and, and Goldeneye or like you could do Super Mario World or something like that. And, and I also had like an epiphany when I was playing Ocarina of Time where I was like, this is incredible. Like this is like <laughs> like high art, you know, sure. I, I'm sitting there. My my young mind is just being like blown specifically like. Like the first time I ever walked into the forest temple was was like an ethereal experience for me. I was like, wow, this is like absolutely incredible. And like, yeah, it grabbed me then hasn't let go since. And, uh, you know, I I play I play Ocarina of Time every year, at least once, um, sometimes more if I'm if I'm playing it for the Zelda Ninja Marathon. So, yeah, I uh, I love this game. I think it's the best and most important video game probably ever made. Right on. That's high praise. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Covering it in like the super arguably overly deep capacity that we've been covering it. <laughs> I feel like I see it. I get it. I mean, I I, th- I think I missed it in 1998 mm-hmm. initially, but like even just revisiting it after the fact. Yeah. It's just. I mean, it really is something amazing that they that they were able to build here. I was just like maybe one step behind you because my first was Majora. But I think I completely understand what you're coming from. Where like this was the era where video games had just started to feel like a little bit more than a game. Yeah, I think so. And, and Mario 64 was like a big step in that direction. It was like unbelievable to play and like mechanics like it was it was mind blowing. But I, I think like. This kind of combined that with like the setting, with the story, with the yeah. the 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 atmosphere, the music, like um, towns oh, yeah. and NPCs. It's yeah. a living world, and I, and I think it probably depends. Like uh, my my boss over at Zelda Dungeon, uh, you know, he's a big link to the past guy, and he's like mm-hmm. slightly older than me, but that was his gateway into Zelda. And like like I think your first one always kind of like has a, a special place, and yeah. you know that was my and like like uh super metroid for me is like one of my it's probably like right behind ocarina of time and that was also my first metroid so it's just like that's very you know i love metroid prime but it's still like super it just has that uh you know it has that factor for me so yeah ocarina of time is just uh i think you could argue that some zelda games have maybe surpassed it in some areas but like to me it's just it's the the whole package fully agree hard to argue with that (laughs) what better note to start us off on 
And I have another recap for us here. Oh. This might be my last long-winded recap oh, of the Chris. season. We're already so. a bit into the episode recording here, so... <laughs> oh, I'm going to relish in it. This is it. We are so close to Ganondorf we can taste it. Or that might be some residual green goo from the Shadow Temple. Seven years ago, the Evil King ambushed our time-traveling hero and acquired the Triforce of Power, enabling him to take control of Hyrule, even if he did have a fundamental misunderstanding of how the Triforce fully works. It's okay, these things are complicated. Now he's out looking for the Triforce of Wisdom, but we've got other plans, as we've been traversing Hyrule and awakening sages, RIP to all our old friends, and preparing to <laughs> seal Ganondorf in the Sacred Realm once and for all. Last episode, we had an interesting trajectory where we got arrested by the Gerudo, and then we attacked the Gerudo with our weapons, but it was okay, we just stunned them, and, and then they took us in and allowed us to become Gerudo members ourselves. Even going so far as to pointing us to the spirit temple where Ganondorf's exalted second in command resides and that is where we are going today. One point five ghosts later, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I got I got tingles. I'm ready. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, Spirit Temple. I mean, we talked about Desert Colossus in the last episode, or the Wicked God Colossus. Well, that was the Japanese translation, right? Yep. Wild name. Just this whole the whole entrance, the whole buildup. I feel like to the uh, to the Spirit Temple is part of the the overall experience to this dungeon right like what do you what are your thoughts on the desert colossus andy oh i i thought the desert colossus was uh just like breathtaking when when i when i first got there and, and I, I still think it kind of is like it, it's not like it's not quite an oasis but it it kind of feels like it like it feels like this like little you know you've you've journeyed across this harsh desert to get there and it's like this this safe spot finally where you can kind of be at peace and like the, the monument I think of the spirit temple from the outside is is so impressive and it's just like it seems so cool that this ginormous structure is in the middle of this desert like I, I would imagine that it feels like not to spoil anything from the more recent Zelda game but there is a structure in the Gerudo Desert that you will find that's fairly breathtaking and, and to me sure. that oh, that's yeah. kind of like when I have my Ocarina of Time goggles on, I'm, that's what I picture when I get to the Desert Colossus. And I'm just like, oh, wow, this is such a cool like little place out here. And uh, like I said, like at least one of my favorite portions of the game. So I'm always super pumped to get there. Yeah, for sure. Did anyone else think that the term the Desert Colossus was not referring to the big lady? Did yeah. you think it was just the, the what they called that whole oasis? I thought it was like the mountain that they built the big lady and the temple into. But apparently, because <laughs> there's a room where the, the similar statue of the big lady is in there. The second big lady? Yeah, it's the same lady, I think. And then Navi refers to her as the desert colossus so i'm like okay yeah. so this is so this lady is the wicked god whatever her deal is yeah mm -hmm. yeah Very we might cool. talk about her a little bit more in depth uh, a little bit later on in the episode but yeah there are some there are some fun theories in the fan community uh in regards to who this could be yeah so we'll go talk about our favorite rooms in a minute but just do you want to describe in broad strokes a little bit what this what the spirit temple looks like sure i mean uh i i think 
I think your like immediate takeaway is like this is the desert level, right? Like it's it's sandy, oh, it's yeah. it's old, it's decrepit. It it looks it looks very much like like an Indiana Jones style temple. Like when yes. when, yeah. when the word temple comes into my mind, I, I I kind of immediately think of like that, right? Whereas sure. like um and this might be semantics, but like it's like the shadow temple. It's, it seems like more of like a dungeon or like a, a prison. Mm-hmm. And like the, yeah. the water temple kind of seems like this incredible structure. And, and the forest temple seems like this it, like it, it, it's, a house. it's not. It, yeah, it's not what you think of necessarily <laughs> when you think of the word temple. And to me, that that's like what I think of when I think of the spirit temple and like just the the amazing aesthetic of like the uh, of the, the big lady in there. It, kinda, it gives like a feel of um like history almost like so like something you know this is actually like a, a temple where people might have actually went to to go and uh, i don't know pray or or whatever it is they want to do totally but it, it, it kind of has something that the rest of those temples don't which which is like a little bit of a different kind of presence and not to say that the other temples don't have presence but this one i just feel like it very much leans into like you are in this this incredible temple it's old it's mm-hmm. uh you know it, things have happened here and now the next chapter is about to unfold because you are in a spirit temple it's it's yeah. a little more grandiose than the other ones right good word yeah yeah For like sure. and supposedly according to flavor text in previously in the game that like i think at least the water temple is used for a place of prayer i think literally that but i yes. buy it more for here than there definitely mm-hmm. yeah as we go through these dungeons like every now and then we 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 try to stop and ask like looking at this place what is this place used for in this world and like oftentimes a dungeon is just a dungeon in a video game like it's a place for video (laughs) game stuff to happen right but like this the spirit temple here really does feel like you said before it it feels like it could be a place of worship we've done some heavy lifting to make it seem like uh some of the the (laughs) previous like like you said the, the forest temple it's not really a temple. That's like sure. a big haunted library or like a mansion yeah. or something. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, no. Yeah, it's it's not it doesn't have a grandiose. I think that was a great word for this. Yeah. 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 No, there's there's only so many times that I can point out that there's a random Gerudo symbol on something where it should not be. <laughs> yeah. In this game. For and sure. here and here, I don't have to worry about it at all. This is where it it's supposed to be. Because yeah. they built this baby. Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's run through the enemy list really quick. I guess sure. we got a lot of returning enemies. Do you know what's missing from this place after that whole description of the the tone of the spirit temple? Gibdo. Mm. There's no mummies. You're right. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the master quest version of the spirit <gasps> temple with you oh, later. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but we'll keep that in our back pocket for now. Uh, let's talk about just the the general enemies, though, that we find in the main game, right? So we have a bunch of returning enemies, fire keys, armos, spike traps, uh, wall masters, floor masters, mm-hmm. lizalfos, skull wallchillas, uh, <laughs> be- oh. bemos, and then, uh, you know, wolfos, like likes, bubbles, and torch slugs. This is scattered throughout the past and the present or the future and the present right yeah i'd lump them all together here yeah okay okay Mm -hmm. uh but then we got some really cool uh new enemies in in here that i'm psyched to talk about specifically anubis yes yeah very very cool very cool enemy do a little dance i love the anubis so much i don't know if i'm using the right word here but like they are such an anachronism to the entire like zelda franchise they don't show up 
in other games. I think there's maybe in the 2D games a couple enemies that function in a similar way, but not quite. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just like a mummified dog headed person like humanoid that is mm-hmm. just floating around and mir- like mimics or mirrors your movement mm-hmm. yeah it, it's kind of like uh like a puzzle enemy like not an enemy enemy that's going i mean it does attack you but like i, I kind of like that it has something a little bit different than mo- all the other enemies in this in this temple because the, yeah. there are some like some brawls in this place but like this one you kind of got to be a little bit more strategic with how you move to to get it into the fire i think it's a very cool enemy it's it feels fantastic. good yeah yeah well uh and we'll we'll talk about the room specifically i feel like you can't talk about this enemy without talking about the room it's in because because like you said it is a puzzle enemy mm-hmm. so we'll get to that uh, in a little bit more detail uh in just a minute also we have iron knuckle Iron knuckles? Yes. Uh, Iron's knuckles. Iron's knuckle. That's correct. Uh, I guess these are like dark nut stand-ins? Pretty much, yeah. I think think iron knuckles are people, though, not, you know, I think iron knuckle is what a Gerudo knight is called. Oh, fair enough. That makes sense. But just like functionally kind of, kind of like the the dark nut. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And there's no dog in here. Uh, fortunately, I guess, because we are going to take on quite a few of them. Um, oh, you mean what? Under their helmets? Like in Windbreaker? Yes, under their helmets. <laughs> <laughs> you combine Iron Knuckle with Anubis, you get the darkness of Wind Waker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, do you have like, yeah. n- not just in this dungeon, just in general in Ocarina, do you have any like favorite enemies or bosses? Oh, well, definitely favorite bosses. Yes. Um, probably the one we'll talk about in a bit uh right. that, that for sure to it then. yeah that one for sure um to be uh, to be honest there's not really like anything i don't like in in this game which kind of sounds like kind of a lame answer but like no. i think each but even like <laughs> you know what because because everyone always kind of dogs on him I'll, I'll stick up for for morpha in this uh Ooh. yeah i know i know Every, everyone everyone doesn't really love that fight and i get it I get it. I came to love that fight when I learned how to cheese it. Now I yeah. love that fight. <laughs> there, there's something very rewarding if you can do that. And it's like, I not to sidebar into something else, but like, I, I'm not really like a big kind of speedrunner type of guy. I, mm. I, I just don't have the skills for it. So I'm not I'm terrible at it. But I appreciate that because like it's it feels like an advanced strategy that's not like a, a glitchy speedrunner thing, but like it's it feels advanced for like a, a schmuck like me that can that can actually do it and it's not technically you're not breaking any of the game's rules or anything like right. that so i always feel like kind of smart and like kind of just like patting myself on the back if i'm ever if i'm ever able to do it and i like i think that boss is just kind of cool like in general like kind of a big blobby uh water arm so i uh i i certainly couldn't say that it's my my top boss in this game but i thought sure. i'd maybe stick up for him just a little bit but uh i'm glad someone's in morpheus corner <laughs> favorite enemies i mean it's hard not to say like the Redeads, right like it's mm. it kind of it seems like the obvious pick now like so so long after the fact but like, those are those are creepy like when you saw him and and like especially the gibdo ones that this freeze you and you're there's nothing worse than getting frozen in your tracks by a redead uh i think another uh, answer that I'm sure a lot of people have probably said and you guys have talked about is, is dead hands just oh, like oh yeah what is up with that guy <laughs> like yeah. what, what's your deal uh yeah. so I mean definitely him um and I think like it's one thing to see them in 2d but I always thought like the like likes were just gross like they're just they're oh, just yeah these oh, yeah. gross blobby like wavy weird things that's that are gonna take your shield and 
Uh, yeah. I, I love the way that they look. It's specifically, like, in this game, uh, they, there's just something about them that's just, like, ugh. So yeah. that, that might be my picks. And you take a like-like from Tears, right? And they are look like big leech bugs. You can kind of figure out a physiology going on there. Yeah. But in this, I can't figure that out at all. It, it's otherworldly. They're just very weird. Ganondorf magic on a jello mold. Yeah. 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 You know, there's a I think it's in the water temple. There's that one room where you gotta raise and lower all the the heads and, and everything like and you gotta like you gotta hook shot the like like. That always gives me the creeps, like just uh-huh. even still to this day. <laughs> I don't wanna touch that thing. Like, yeah. Is it gonna grab your hook shot and pull you in with it? Like, yeah. No, I oh. get that. Yeah. All right. So so we got through the enemy list. Do you guys want to start talking about some of the rooms in this place? Let's I guess let's start as a as in the present and then we'll move on to the future uh, before we start i have a question because this is our last proper dungeon and i don't know when else i'll have the option to ask this playing on the 3ds did either of you play this one mm-hmm. years okay ago, yeah. and i know chris you most recently played on n64 yeah so you can let me know if this happens there too but playing on the 3ds i noticed that there might be a certain problem that was left in the game <laughs> and that like you know when you uh, finish a puzzle in a dungeon room and there's a moment where Link looks around, you know, to see what's going on. That's when the door opens, etc. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this game, I think that became borked because Link will instead <laughs> look to the side and then spin around really fast before the door opens. Wait, what? Yeah, he does like he glitches out and spins around real fast with the camera or like maybe his face is following Navi who's spinning around. I don't really know why it's happening in this dungeon, in every dungeon in this game. You know, I, I don't know. I've I like so I've I've only played it on the 3DS now for the last couple of years. And, and I think I'm at the point where it's like. I can't distinguish between if that's just normal or if it's like how it's always been, you know, he does. There is some weird animations where Link does a, a couple like spins when a, when a door is opening, once you figured out a, a puzzle and you hear a little jingle. But yeah, man, now that I'm on the spot. I don't I can't think if he's like going that fast or if it's just how he usually rolls. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar, but also like, oh, that's ridiculous. That definitely doesn't happen. So, it I, yeah, I'm not super sure. But does. I'll, I'll keep an eye out now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, so we walk into the Spirit Temple from the Desert Colossus, and we're in just like this, it's a small sort of entry room foyer. A foyer. Of the Spirit Temple uh, with two like hunking uh, stone cobras uh, with a bunch of Gerudo text. Oh, yeah, Mm. yeah, the, the stone slabs. One tells you how to proceed as a kid, and one tells you how to proceed as an adult or teen. And that's... That's kind of the thing about the spirit temple in this game is, you know, we had our child dungeons, we have our adult dungeons. This is the temple that's going to push us to kind of break that convention and and have us go back and forth a bit, which is now cool. I I have a question about these slabs, but I'm going to wait until the second half of the dungeon to try and save us some time. (laughs) All right. So after after we read these slabs, we head up a bit. And, you know, if we are adult link, we'll see a little hole that we have to climb into we're clearly too big we need to come back uh as a child now pete and i talked about the chic dialogue that happens here in the last episode just because technically it happens in the desert colossus so mm-hmm. we spoke about it there um but we can talk about it again here uh if you guys want or we can just go over it quickly i guess um but we we do see chic uh as we leave as as an as an adult who has some more weird poetry for us yeah does some slam poetry before departing right yeah 
And she teaches us the Requiem of Spirit. So we have a fast travel point, essentially. Have y'all noticed that the Requiem of Spirit is registered in your uh, start menu before the Shadow Temple music? Oh, is it? No. At least in the 3DS it is. But you know what? I, I guess that doesn't not make sense because you can like you can do them in whatever order you want. Not not that I uh, I've actually never done the Shadow Temple after the Spirit Temple, but I know that you can. Okay. Um, but I, I guess like it just seems it seems so weird to even think about. But I guess there is like I like you can do the Fire Temple before you can do Forest Temple, too, if you really want, which also seems totally super bizarre to me because uh, I'm a I'm a man of tradition and I just, huh. you know, do it the way that uh, that I've always done it. So the way I highly intended. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> While we're on the topic of tradition, do you do the big or on sword every playthrough? Yeah, well, that depends because um, I said that I, I play this game every year and I do, but I play it in a specific way because uh, for the last couple of years, I've played this game at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, which is okay. uh, like our, our yearly um, charity uh, fundraiser. And right, so yeah. for that, you, you don't really have the option of doing anything um, like side, like anything extra um, because you are, you know, you, you have to beat it in let's just say uh six hours is all you have to to beat the game so it's it's a very focused playthrough like when i do it so there's no there's no epona which breaks my heart there's no Mm. begorn sword if i'm playing ocarina of time to play it absolutely i'll i'll go i'll get literally every every single thing that there is to get i i made my wife play it a couple years ago actually because she's she's not really into video games so i was like you gotta play ocarina of time and so she was playing and playing and i was like Okay, like I'm, if you're having a hard time, I'll go get you some heart pieces. And I, I did mm-hmm. one, and then two, and then ten, and then you know, like, <laughs> and then suddenly she had Bigorn's sword and like uh, five hundred skulltulas, and I was like, okay, I think you should be ready now. <laughs> Dang, right on. Yeah. So for your like your your own not Zelda dungeon uh, marathon playthrough, but for your own playthrough, Bigorn sword through the second half of the game, or do you sword and board it, sword and shield? Mostly Bigorn sword, except for. Uh, some key moments in the game which uh like this would be one and then um i kind of once i get to like ganon's castle i'm just like okay like i'm I'm gonna use the master sword here just because it feels appropriate so uh yeah makes sense plus also they won't let you win with the bigger on sword at the end Mm, yeah (laughs) all right so we're going back to the past or the present we've been calling it and we head back into the spirit temple and there is one uh key detail that is a little bit different there's a Gerudo in here now. Well, okay, we'll, we'll leave and wait till she's gone. No, we have to talk to her, Pete. <laughs> this is Naburu, uh, the exalted Gerudo warrior who was apparently Ganondorf's second in command. Uh, she asks what you want, um, and you can respond to see the temple, and she'll say, temple's no place for kids. You could say you're looking for a sage. She says, I don't know anyone like that. Or you could say nothing really. And she has a big response (laughs) to you just being an aloof uh, kid. I love this. She likes that. She's down with that. You you tell her the truth either way. And she wants you to get out of here. But if you're just like 
doing whatever. You got time to kill? All right, come on. Come here. You're going to fit through this hole. Let's go. She says, what good timing? Wait a second. You're not one of Ganondorf's followers, are you? And basically, you know, she doesn't believe you are if you try to tell her you are. Uh, she introduces herself as Naburu of the Gerudos. She says she's a lone wolf thief. Uh, she claims she's different from Ganondorf in that with his followers, he stole from women and children and even mm. murdered people. She tells you that Gerudo men are only born every hundred years. So the lone male Gerudo must become king, but she will never personally bow to someone like Ganondorf. So we get a lot of big Gerudo sort of lore and history in this moment. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I thought that was just a brainwashing thing that Twin Rova made up and told everybody to adhere to. Oh. <laughs> Boy, I was wrong, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, she asks you to help her get a treasure known as the Silver Gauntlets from the other side of this hole that allow the wearer to push and pull heavy things. She says, though, they'll never fit a tiny boy like you. Uh, so she wants you to give them to her to fight off Ganondorf and his minions who Perfect. have captured the Spirit Temple. Great. I, what a setup. I would love to give Nibiru these gauntlets and we just fight together. Yeah. She would clobber him into outer space. It'd be great. That would be really cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's not exactly what happened. Spoiler alert. Wow. But uh, <laughs> they, made, they made up for it uh, 25 years later or so, I would say. <laughs> Finally, they realized yeah. the potential yeah. of that moment, didn't they? Yeah. So, so two things. Lone Wolf Thief. Aren't you the leader of the thieves? Second in command. But like, you're a lone wolf. Like, how how are you going to like make those two lives work together when you're in charge of so many people? It, yeah. it is tough. Um, I I actually I have a different critique of Niboru, and I and I love I, like I said I love this game more than anything. But I have, my biggest critique of Ocarina of Time is that I feel like you just meet Niboru way too late in the game like i agree sure with, with all the other states you already have like a relationship with darunia and ruto and Imp- mm-hmm. like all all of them you have you've known them from the beginning of the game and and yeah. i even Impa a little bit yeah i wonder if this has always been my made-up pitch in my mind like i wonder if in the beginning of the game when you are sneaking into the castle for the first time I just I wonder if it might have been better if Niburu was the one who caught you instead of Impa so that you at least kind of have that relationship. And maybe she could just be like, you know, this Ganondorf guy, I don't trust him either to kind of like plant those seeds a little bit. Interesting. It would obviously change how this interaction happens. But totally. uh, I, I don't know. I because I, I love Niburu and I, I think she's a great character. It's just it does feel a little bit like you got to be like. 70% done the game at that point by the time they yeah. meet her. What if no, you while you were sneaking into Hyrule Castle, you ran into Nobooru who was also sneaking into Hyrule Castle? <laughs> oh, no, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> that would be very fun. You just have a moment where you see each other and then, you know, someone catches both of you and you both have to jet in different directions yeah, or something. Yeah, heck yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. The second thing that I wanted to bring up, Nobooru needs your help to get in here. Uh, to steal these gauntlets to fight Ganondorf. Meanwhile, back in Gerudo Valley, or uh, the Gerudo Fortress, somebody, I forget who, uh, mentions that the Spirit Temple is Niburu's HQ. Right. This is her base of operations, but she can't get in. Well... I mean, she also did say that Ganondorf's minions have taken over the Spirit Temple, right? So part of that was they they pushed a big, heavy thing in front of the tiny hole. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. 
That, that's uh, a that's a good logical explanation. I think we can we can go with that. <laughs> Simple, but yeah. what you were saying a second ago, Andy, about meeting Nibiru too late. I think just generally speaking, it feels like Ocarina of Time is this open world game, and it's it's incredible that they were so successful in that. But there is something about Gerudo Valley, just in general, in broad strokes, that feels like it kind of opens up at the end of the game, like towards the third act of the game. Uh, in a way that kind of all the other areas are kind of generally accessible. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost feels yeah. like it came along during the end, maybe, of development. I mean, who knows? I don't know. that, But there is a feeling like, you know, they didn't have as much time to integrate it into the whole larger world. So it feels like a segmented part, in some ways intentionally, um, mm-hmm. but also just as part of a bigger video game. Yeah, I mean, you're not, like, you can't really get there until after the Water Temple. Not really. Right. So, it, and at that point, like you're, you know, you're probably at more than fifty percent of the of the way for for your game. So, yeah, it is uh, it is a little bit too bad, but I I do think that they make up for it with like a lot of cool stuff that you can do. But it would have been nice to kind of get there a little bit sooner. I yeah, think. Agreed. All right, so let's talk about some of the rooms in the dungeon itself. Uh, do you have any things that stand out to you guys? This whole area that you have to do is kind of like a, a, a kind of a circle you have to get through just to get a key, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you walk into a room, there's two doors, you kind of got to go to one of the two doors and make your way around using small keys. I think one, one of the number one things that stands out to me when you're a kid in here is the Stolfo's encounter. Sure. You are mm-hmm. a little boy. I'm 10. I, I, and then a huge laughing skeleton knight pops down from the ceiling. It's a bad time. Thankfully, it's by a pit, a big old pit. And I almost always trick it to falling in and I don't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's the one room I, I feel like that uh, that always kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety, which is the room with all the fire keys. And you got to I think there's yeah. a small area. No, you got to get the five silver coins. And uh, I'm sure you guys, when you play this game, too, you're just like, just don't burn my shield do whatever you want just don't burn my shield <laughs> because because again i i kind of like being young link with my deku shield i i feel like sure. it's appropriate um so that room always sticks out to me as like one that i'm just like always like head on a swivel looking for you know looking for anything that's moving in yeah. that room keys are sneaky in this game yeah is that the blade trap room uh that's e- the one where you're collecting the silver rupee keys on a climbable fence wall right mm. yeah 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 kind of like mario world Sure. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I have a note here that like it's tough going back to being young Link uh, after doing, you know, four or so dungeons as sure. adult Link. Uh, it's it's wild kind of jumping back and having that limited moveset half damage. We did have to get small again for the well, at least. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. But that's such a brief thing. Although here's here's something that I wanted to mention, and I, I, I might as well say it here. Something that I always kind of wished about the Spirit Temple is that instead of coming in as one age, leaving and coming back as the other age for the remainder, mm-hmm. is that if there was some kind of mechanic inside of the temple that had you switch between ages mid dungeon. Yeah, I, oh. I think that would be I think that would be actually like pretty cool. And and like yeah. you've even seen that in like like other Zelda dungeons where they like Zelda has a lot of like duality in it, but yeah. uh I, I think that would be cool. I don't know I'm sure they could have done that at the time, but um I, I think that that would be like definitely something worth exploring. I think I was going to say if, but I think it's probably when they remake Ocarina of Time. True. Um, I would I would Ooh. love to see that. Oh, man, that'd be sick. Or at least something that could let you like and not just for the Spirit Temple, but like the whole game in general, like just kind of let you 
maybe switch on the fly or, or a little bit faster rather something like that I, cool. I think that'd be pretty cool that would be that being said i i don't mind in in the spirit temple where like it's kind of like half and half because it it does we'll talk about it in a sec but like i i do kind of feel like you get like a nice little like almost reward i guess for your for your troubles as a kid sure sort yeah. of yeah yeah we'll talk about it in a minute but you get you might get more than one dungeon item in this dungeon which is pretty yeah. sweet Let's talk about the Anubis room for a minute. We talked about the Anubis earlier with the enemy list, but but yeah, this is this whole room is a thing, right? So like mm-hmm. we enter the room and then there's just sort of this thin platform that allows us to cross from one side of the room to the other. Uh, but we have a, a lone enemy and a blade trap here and and a switch. Uh, and this is the Anubis. It's like this weird dog pottery thing <laughs> so the objective of this room firstly when you first walk in you might not notice the anubis on the other side of the room uh and there's going to be like a pot on the ground or something and you'll either pick it up and throw it or you'll slash it that will most likely trigger the anubis because if you take any sort of offensive action even if it's not directed at the anubis it will shoot a fireball at you oh and and they're they always hit you when you're not looking too always yep. i feel like I'm just like, what, what I, and I always, I, I know the room and I always forget that as soon as you hit a pot, which I always do, I can't stop myself. And I always, always get just like a little fire tap on the back. It's almost definitely why they put those pots there. Yeah, probably. To teach you that lesson early on. And yeah, the coolest thing about the Anubis, they mimic your moves, right? So like you go left, they'll be across the room going right. You guys can walk in towards each other. Right. Mm-hmm. They like they like do the opposite. Well, it's more it's more that they're mirroring you. So like they will right. go around you in a clockwise fashion if you're going mm-hmm. that way. It's almost the other side of the coin for the Dark Link battle that we had a while ago. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it is kind of mirroring you. Um, I love this. So like the legitimate way to fight this guy is to get him on the opposite side of the room in front of a door. And then uh, you hit a switch that will throw up a flame barrier mm-hmm. and that will do burn damage on it and, and take him out. Oh, any amount of fire damage and it dies. Yeah. yeah nothing else, though. You're, any sword you have is not going to do it. Your, hey, your projectiles won't do it. If you got the fire arrows at Lake Hylia, that'll do it. If you got Din's fire, that'll do it. Any amount. Yeah, those will do the trick as well. So I do know people who always Din's <laughs> fired these guys and forgot the legitimate way to beat them eventually like, <laughs> at some point that just got ingrained in some people's heads uh which is, is funny i mean yeah it's legit i can't uh, i can't remember is this the room too with the hidden um song of time block in it uh that is the next anubis or is that the room. second one okay uh, i think that's a d- that's in the future yeah i believe right again just blending an enemy encounter with a puzzle uh it's a unique thing in this game and it really stands out yeah um, so I got one more weird little thing that I noticed while going no, from room to room. Don't, don't do this, Chris. <laughs> and uh, there's something above the second door in this uh, present uh, area where there is a winged creature with uh-huh. a eye in the center of it mm-hmm. above the door, uh, which I don't know. We're kind of playing through the Zelda games in timeline order, and that evokes a very specific person to me. It's not. That's not Vati. Vati does uh, not suddenly get depicted anywhere with angel wings. No way. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I will say this. Um, I will say this. 
I, I don't know if you guys have had a chance to play Four Swords Adventures yet. There's some cool like lore in the Gerudo area specifically in that game about like Ganondorf and stuff. And that game has Vadi, so maybe it's not like <laughs> <laughs> as as far fetched. I don't know. No, totally. So like, I mean, realistically, development timeline wise, Ocarina came out way before Vati yeah. was even you know a thought in anyone's mind but the fun thing there and pete brought this up uh, a few episodes ago in hyrule castle town if you jut the camera around Whoa. in the marksman shop yeah, in the yeah shooting gallery you can see some signs on the wall that also have a uh they look like a wanted sign with a creature a dark creature with one big eye in the center looks vaguely like vati it looks i would say more than vaguely yeah. Looks pretty pretty dead on. <laughs> it's definitely got some Vati to it. I do not accept the retcon they did of that in 3DS. I don't <laughs> accept it. So so yeah, just a fun little thing I noticed up there. I, I know it's not Vati up there, but like mm-hmm. what is that one-eyed winged it, creature? It looks more like a final boss from a Kirby game. Yeah, you know what you know what the it great does. thing is? It's probably just like some random thing that they were just like, oh, we need something <laughs> up here. Like, let's get and then who knows? Maybe some designer down the road is like, oh, maybe we could do something with that. I, mm-hmm. I like to think that in my own head anyways, that maybe they were like, oh, that, we could do something with that. That's cool. Right outside in the Desert Colossus, there is one similar symbol, but instead of the eye in the center, it's got just a Triforce. Oh, true. Yeah. So they probably swap that uh, bit of the the, uh, the picture out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we would be remiss at this point uh, to not mention the fact that you go into the big lady room. Oh, you want to talk about the big lady there, room? You go into Absolutely. The, the big room with the big lady, the wicked goddess statue. She is a very, very, very large lady that is, has a big snake wrapping around her, mm-hmm. holding her hands out one to the left, one to the right. You can't do anything with that yet. Like this whole room, you kind of ignore for the most part, but you pass through. We're going to come back here to this room later, coming the opposite direction as Teen Link. But the funny thing is, from this junction, I think Teen Link can actually pass back through the Young Link rooms. Oh, really? At least a portion of them, yeah. yeah I, I think you're right, yeah. Andy, what do you think about this this part of the Spirit Temple? The, oh the Sand Goddess, the Desert Colossus herself. Oh my god, this room is so awesome. Yeah. It, like it, it's so awesome just uh iconic that yeah like, like honestly like the the statue the 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 grandiose nature of it it's almost like a statement almost like you know mm-hmm. like you're you're in the final dungeon of this game and like we're going out big uh yeah. it's, it's it's so it's so great like the it's, it's one of the big reasons why I love this dungeon so much it's like everything blends together in such a incredible way and and like I I think uh, I think you can have like the best structured dungeon and the best puzzles and the best everything. But like if you don't have that kind of presentation and the flash and prez that goes with it, like th- this dungeon has all of that. It's true. I mean, yeah. this room in particular, it's got like it's got a, like a, a majestic feel with like the warm color tones. Honestly, there's rooms that have this this uh, vibe to it in, throughout the entire dungeon that I just love so much. It's really good. It's yeah. awesome. I mean, what, what else can you say? It's, it's incredible. And even just aside from the giant towering statue, the Gerudo writing all around it is a, is a great touch. Pete just edited the uh, Dodongo's Cavern episode, which will yeah. be going up this upcoming weekend. And we talk about how there's that moment at the end of the Dodongo's Cavern where you enter the skull of a massive dodongo right and yeah that dungeon also kind of has this feeling um in some way but this is like the culmination the the big moment it helps any dungeon to have a set piece that's that's the big mm. takeaway for me 
Yeah, agreed. I think that presentation can't like it cannot be downplayed. I know that there's this is going to probably sound dumb, but like some people that only care about gameplay, it doesn't really matter. But like for me, it's just like you kind of got to have that 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 big that big atmosphere where like it's like something big is about to happen or like something yeah. majestic. You're like you're you're in this incredible place that it, it, it's kind of one of those things that just like gets you really immersed into like what you're doing. And this this is like the 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 set piece of this dungeon. It, it just it looks so incredible. Yeah, I'm almost hesitant to bring this up because it could blow it could blow the episode out of oh, the no. water a little bit. <laughs> oh, no. But but Andy, I'm wondering where, where you land on this Twilight Princess and the Arbiter's Crown. Oh, also, boy. Okay. this moment right i mean it's without a doubt trying to be evocative <laughs> of this moment if it's not trying to be exactly the spirit temple itself do you have any feelings about the arbiter's ground do you think it's an homage to the spirit temple do you think it is the spirit temple i think that so so uh, some context so i i have i have a a weird love-hate relationship with twilight princess uh as, as, some, as some listeners may may know or not know uh it's not one of my favorite zelda games I hate okay. the art style. I, I just, I hate it. <laughs> but I will say, like, uh, Twilight Princess is a game for me, almost unlike any other in the series, that has, like, these incredible highs and these you know, crushing lows. Sure. And, and I think when I look at Arbiter's Grounds, I'm kind of looking and I'm like, okay, so they took the Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time and they took the Spirit Temple from Ocarina of Time and they mashed them together and they came out with the arbiter's grounds and those two temples are my favorite two temples in the series so i'm just like yeah i love arbiter's ground i think it's i I think it looks cool (laughs) i I love the setting uh it has a great boss it has a great running that's another thing i like i appreciate in a dungeon is like something that kind of has like a gimmick that runs through it so like arbiter's Mm. grounds kind of stole from the forest temple with the four ghosts and they kind of have the same Mm kind of thing going on and like you, you kind of go down the, the list of like what I find enticing in a dungeon. It's like cool atmosphere. Definitely like good music. Yep. Cool item. Yep. Boss fight rocking. Um, <laughs> and it, kinda, it does meet all of those things that I really value, which is fantastic. But then it like it almost immediately uh, throws it away because then you go like very, I guess actually not that shortly after, but like you go to city in the sky or like right before you go to lake bed. And it's just like, Oh my God, this is, this is not for me. I feel the same way about that area. (laughs) Totally. And and I will admit, I will admit that I am coming at it from a different perspective where this is another game, which I have also had to play for our marathon. So like my last couple playthroughs of twilight princess have been like, 12 hour one sitting sessions which is oh, not, yeah, that's not, not how optimal. anybody should play twilight princess ever <laughs> no. for any reason no so, yeah. <laughs> so i i have a little bit of bias going on there totally reasonable but yeah pete i mean what wh- what do you think about you know the comparison i mean the comparison that, that that i've been making in my head is that uh kind of spoilerly location that we're not talking about from tears of the kingdom which has a very similar vibe to this place. And honestly, I didn't put those two things together till now. Cause like, yeah, it, it has a similar feeling of like, you know, just sincere Indiana Jones city going about it. Uh There, I, uh, I keep on wanting to call that place by a different name. Sure. And there's, there's, uh, you know, there's another place in the game 
with uh-huh. with that name that <laughs> i'm just like oh yeah that, that's what it's got. right like i i've had to correct myself probably about oh i don't know like a dozen times on on my show and just like okay don't don't call it the spirit temple <laughs> that's not what it's called yeah yeah here's the thing when you podcast about zelda is like names mean something names mean things <laughs> yeah. but the zelda series seems to throw that away sometimes. i think okay so here's the thing here's the thing and we could talk about this more later if we want to uh-huh but I feel like after this game, the Gerudo go through a very big cultural shift. Mm. Sure. Like, because, not just, like, haphazardly, but because of this. So I, I'm not too surprised that things are different specifically with them and their locations going forward. I, I love that. Like, uh, like it seems like any time um, after Ocarina of Time that you see a Gerudo NPC... They just hate Ganondorf. They hate him not for yep. what he's done, for what he's done to the world, but like to what he's done to the reputation of the Gerudo. And, and I love that. Yeah, like they, it, it makes it, it's just like compelling to me. And and I think Breath of the Wild did it really, really well. And Tears of the Kingdom also like it's totally. just, I, sure. I love that. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, even going to Twilight Princess and, and the Arbiter's Ground yeah. being a place where Hyrule captured Gerudo and and, you know, yeah. Uh, and took revenge on them. Yeah, it really is a compelling uh, through line throughout the franchise. Uh, really quick, before we wrap up the the present of the Spirit Temple, there is a room here where you are kind of surrounded by rock walls, one with a little crack in it. There's a, a Lizalfos, mm, yeah. and there's a weird little three-dimensional sun in the ground. Yes, the little the, <laughs> the little pop-up decal of a little sun face. Video games, huh? Hey. I think this is great. This is my kind of jam, personally, because I really, really, really dig Zelda sunlight puzzles. Sure. <laughs> Me too. Oh, it's my bread and butter. I love it so much. <laughs> but like this one, when you're a kid, you don't get much of a taste, because I think there's just one that you have to shift a block into sunlight and then there's this one you're mentioning where you have to just blow up a wall to get sunlight mm-hmm. to come in mm-hmm. yeah and and i guess worth noting too is like pro- probably not if you're playing it like uh, a regular playthrough but like oftentimes for me it, in my kind of condensed playthroughs this is the first time i see bomb shoes in the game which is kind of cool because i think there's yeah. a chest right by there too and it's like oh hey i've been missing you guys so they just give it to you you don't have yeah. to buy it from the carpet merchant a mile away <laughs> i know what a ripoff that is <laughs> yeah for real you could be getting bomb chew up to this point in the game from three or four different places but yeah. you never really need them until this point in the game <laughs> yeah not really um, you don't even really need them you can just time a bomb and throw it it's fine yeah like, it's, it's a little bit high up but like you probably could but yeah it's like you really don't need them at all until this and actually is it at the spirit temple part again in castle too that you need them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh just i would be remiss if i don't take a second to talk about this one blade trap room uh where you can push some gerudo block around so you want to get sunlight on the sun and it'll usually open a door or whatever it's like yeah. a, a switch or a trigger uh i spent so long in this room uh <laughs> just like trying to trap all the blade traps as if that right. would do something Not important. completely waste of time chris this this room you're describing is kind of ridiculous because like they they kind of do everything they can to put every single puzzle type because you collect the rupee yes. keys you yes. blow up all the different um bemos that's not right. a, a trigger but they will kill you if you don't do that yeah you have to light a bunch of torches that are timed will go out if you don't light them fast enough and then you have to move 
a bunch of big blocks to pull one of the sunlight faces into a sunlight beam. Like they did every single thing they could to keep you in this room. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. love it. And, and I love how like you got to run along like the kind of the, the narrow blocks too. And there's only like the one place you can get up. Yeah, uh, this is this is a great room. And, and it kind of lays like I guess it's not exactly like uh, it, it kind of feels like everything that you've been doing as a kid kind of this is all your puzzles together as one. And they're obviously they're not as advanced as what you've been doing as an adult, but it's kind of like, OK, I'll, I can collect some rupees. I can light some torches. This is fine. This it kind of almost gives you comfort for being like at the the beginning again, because you're ha you're having to do these tasks that you're they're not hard, but they're familiar, I guess, is is yeah. is a word. Being back in a dungeon as a kid, they are really making you stretch your legs the maximum amount like they know. OK, you might be young Link again, but like they know the skill set that you've acquired and they're really mm -hmm. kind of pushing you to the limit of of the verbs that you have with young Link um, in a cool way. I guess on that note, do you guys want to talk about the mini boss of the dungeon, the Iron Knuckle? Yeah. huge they're huge they are pretty they, big this is a huge armored knight warrior uh with a gigantic axe which when you're first playing this as a kid uh is terrifying because you first you're playing as young link who is 10 very small <laughs> yes uh but secondly this warrior is so large and so strong that if they hit the pillars around you they'll knock them down <laughs> yeah which isn't something that a lot of enemies in this game do at all, like outside nope. of this fight. Nope, mm -hmm. nope, nope. I think like <laughs> when this thing hits you, it's awesome because it's just like it feels like just devastating. And you're like you feel the impact and you go yeah. flying back and like, oh, yeah, I mean, it, obviously you don't want to get hit. But if you do it, it, it finally it feels like you've kind of met your match almost it, it's great it does like eight hearts like if you get hit you could just die in one hit. yeah yeah it's a it's yeah. a good chunk it feels really good so like once you get used to this and you can kind of like jump back when it attacks and then jump attack it when its weapon gets stuck mm -hmm. and that's such a satisfying moment yeah they attack super slow and they move a bit slow especially like this initial battle um but you can kind of bait them a little bit you can get them to attack you can get them to get caught with their pants down for a second um you can also toss bombs at them and i think you wear away the armor for these the first few of these right hey hey guess what my number one way of fighting this guy as a kid was bombs it's like, oh, what's this in my hand? Is it 10 million bombs? Yes. I'm just going to hey. get rid of this guy. There you go. Whatever it takes, right? <laughs> I mean, I fight so many things with broken big Goron sword yeah. methods that like I'm not above it. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you guys have any 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 thoughts about the iron knuckle fights, I guess, in general uh, outside of that? We know that these are Gerudo, right? Because like, I mean, the, the one we fight later, spoiler, seven years from now is actually Naburu. Uh, mm -hmm. brainwashed and put in the armor but right. some people found out that if you like clip through the mask or the helmet of these other iron knuckles you see the same face as Nibiru like a, a brainwashed Gerudo's in there yeah hmm. I guess yeah. that makes sense yeah mm -hmm. it's mind controlled it's a uh, Gerudo mind controlled by uh, the, old, the old twin rova yeah. and Kotaka yeah. yeah so so technically the hero of time has the lives of four different Gerudo women on his kill count so far. Oh, that's tough. It's two iron knuckles and then the two old ladies. Listen, we did the we did the 
Gerudo section, and they were pretty impervious to like half of your weapon set. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's hey, true. Hopefully, the, they're just stunned. Yeah, those maybe ones run stunned. away. They run like either are stunned, but until you leave the map, or uh, when you hit the actual thieves, they jump to the ceiling and, and like flee. These mm-hmm. ones are gone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not looking good. He's going to need a little bit of therapy after after the events of this video game. I'm sure. But after this, we we you know we defeat the we defeat the Iron Knuckle. I think a door opens up behind their throne. We yeah. exit mm-hmm. the temple and we're on one of the uh, Desert Colossus's hands out here, uh, where so there's cool. a, a chest. Yeah, I love this. Right, like there are two items we get in this dungeon. Each one are on one of those two hands that we saw from the outside. This entire dungeon is a set piece. It's so good. It's good. Stuff. I'm always. I'm still to this day. I'm always worried that I'm going to fall off that hand when I get there. I'm very carefully rocking towards the chest. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. don't fall, Spateri. Come on. <laughs> like, Especially with that N64 controls. Yeah. I mean, at this point, when you're a kid, it might have been advantageous to fall off the hand because a certain thing happens when you come out here. That's right. Yeah. That's true. And that thing is, we're uh, greeted by an old friend, Gaypora, who says. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a long time in this world is almost nothing to you, is it? How mysterious. Yes. I thought the tales of a boy who could travel back and forth through time was merely a legend. You fully matured as an adult, and from now on, the future of all Hyrule is on your shoulders. Maybe it's not my time anymore. Here is my last advice. Two witches inhabit this temple. In order to destroy them, turn their own magic power against them. It is so strange. To have this last bit of dialogue with Kapora after having that dialogue with Sheik, which includes a shot of Kapora dramatically flying away into the sunset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say it right now. Please. I love seeing Kapora Gabora here. And 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 I, I think he's annoying as the next guy, okay? Especially sure. at the beginning of the game with his, do you want to hear this again? Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Okay. And there's just something about seeing... Your old friend, you know, for one last time at this at this dungeon that I don't know, it just it charms me and, and like warms my heart a little bit. So every time I see him and I think at this point, too, you haven't seen him in a while, which is which a is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, um, he leaves you so every, for a while. Every time I see him, I feel like that's like I know you get the gauntlets, but as I, like I kind of said earlier, like you get a reward. And to me, my, my reward is like seeing my pal, the owl one last time before huh. he flies away he might actually be saving your life right now come to think of it yeah Yeah, maybe he's giving you some pro stress if he wasn't here to distract you maybe you'd find naburu down there being you know being abducted or maybe people would see you and abduct you and you're brainwashed for seven years does gaypora live out of time exist out of time here Ah. like we know gaypora has the you know attachment to raru right yeah is raru i think is raru right but like in this in this dialogue He's like, I thought the tales of a boy who could travel back and forth was was merely a legend. It's like, we, I saw mm. you. I saw you in the Temple of Light, dude. I've, <laughs> I've been doing this for you for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. So technically, you haven't pulled the sword yet then in this timeline. Yeah. But this is pre. Oh, OK. Right. So this is Rauru right before the time. Yeah, so Rauru in the Light Temple hasn't seen you yet. Right. Hasn't seen you yet. But we don't see Gapora throughout the other dungeons, right? So this is why we're saying goodbye to the owl right That's now. That's crazy. We will talk to Rauru right. one-on-one. I, I mean, I guess technically it hasn't been that long since you've last seen Gapora Gabora, but uh, right. in terms of like the game, it has been. So that's I I always was really fascinated. I, I'm like super fascinated by 
all like the the bootstrap paradoxes that Ocarina of Time has in general. (laughs) That's another reason why I just love that game so much. Like, I'll never forget, like, the getting the song of storms and it's like oh this kid played this song for me and he teaches it to you and you go back and i was like mind blown yeah Yeah. it's 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 really fun (laughs) stuff like the things they do with time in this game which i guess are fitting uh it's really fun um and then we get the silver gauntlets in the treasure chest here we get some text saying if you wore them you would feel the power in your arms the power to lift big things with a but these gauntlets won't fit a kid uh plus you promised to give them to niburu uh, and you should keep your word. How do you feel about like gauntlets in Zelda games? Oh, I thought I thought they're they're great in this game, and and particularly when you get the gold ones. Like there is nothing more, just like that makes you feel like the Incredible Hulk and then picking up that ginormous block and throwing it. It's very sure, cool. Absolutely. Um, they they don't they use the silver ones sparingly, which I feel like is good because while it is it's a cool visual to like push that ginormous block. It it does. I think if you had to do a more than you do it might get a little bit tiresome but sure yeah I, I think they're i think they're cool and they look cool too like they just look like these like sweet like greaves that you've got on there honestly something from like lord of the rings or whatever right like it looks <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah it's a shame that being stronger to lift things doesn't make you swing your weapons harder huh that yeah that's that's too bad <laughs> or that, that link just cool. doesn't pick up ganondorf and throw him <laughs> like yeah that might have worked that, that actually oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, true. Even if even if it only works in picking things up, yeah. and then that would be another way. Make that final battle in Ocarina more like the final battle in Mario sixty four. Just take him by his leg and toss him into Grab a by fire. his cape. Now we're cooking. Imagine Mario with those things. Holy! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, uh, one of our friends out here is not having as good of a time as us. Uh, we do see Naburu down here being circled by two aged witches uh, who've created a circle pit of purple light you probably recognize them from the gerudo symbol yeah pete uh pete actually took note in one of the early episodes this season that the gerudo symbol on like the later cartridges on the n64 look like a dead-on shot of either of these characters with like the big eyes on the side okay uh naburu uh is shouting for her life and we just see uh naburu kind of get pulled into this purple vortex and the witches fly into the temple on their broomsticks now here's the thing about that while that's going on okay naburu spots you and says link don't don't come here stay stay where you're at you know don't let them get you hey good looking out thanks for warning me and caring about my well-being don't point me out dude what are you doing (laughs) those witches had their their airpods in or something i don't know they didn't hear (laughs) they're 400 years senile for sure do you guys want to take a quick trip to the future? Let's do it. I would love that. <laughs> yeah! This is the, our last Master Sword draw, right? This, oh, I guess so. For the season, yeah. We, we're just in the future now. Wow, feeling a little bit emotional about that, huh? <laughs> about the tedium of going all the way back to the Temple of Time in Hyrule Castle, and then uh, well, go, you can going warp, through the menus... Fine. Because I didn't memorize any of the fast travel songs. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot. On N64, you can't play from the menu like I can. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's wow. So nice. that's, a, it's a luxury. That's that's a tough look. <laughs> go all the way back. Yeah. All right. So we reapproach the Spirit Temple now from the future. Uh, do you guys have any standout rooms that you want to talk about? Hey, hey, yeah. There's the foyer, which we didn't mention before. 
uh, the second you walk in the front door, there's two flying pots that fly at your head. Oh. That happens a few times in this dungeon, and by the time you come back as an adult, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> yeah, the first room of the spirit temple already feeling more haunted than the haunted wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the audacity of these pots you know? <laughs> like do either of you recall the the phrasing on the stone slabs in this room by the way don't I, no i don't okay okay the one to the left for the child side says return here with the heart of a child makes sense poetic etc it works for for gameplay purposes etc on the right side for teen link return here with the power of silver from the past <laughs> a little on a little on the nose yeah <laughs> do they know do they know, like, people who made this, do they know? The, I mean, oh, the people in-game who made it. Yeah. Do they know, yeah. like, you, you have to be here as a kid to get the silver gauntlets and come back later? Yeah, that's how everyone does it. That's how you get around in that's here. grossly inefficient. Maybe Link wrote that after the game when he's still a, still a kid. There, There's so many, like, incredible, like, paradoxes that oh, exist in this game, you know? We, we've gotten very used to, like, if there's a message that seems like it's almost breaking... The, yeah. the fourth wall will be like, oh, it's Hylia. Hylia is just projecting a message to us, whatever. Hey. Okay. Uh, so thank you, Skyward Sword. Anything's possible. That. Yeah. So, so I, you know, we're going through a lot of very similar rooms here. There is one room, you know, depending on how much you like the silver rupee uh, puzzles. No. There's one fun, like, skateboard half pipe room. Oh, this is a fun room. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. It does. I, like some... I have a room and it's not fun. Uh -oh, and let's go. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what the top part is, but you have to scale up the wall and uh, the, uh, the walls are moving and they, they don't move fast, but they move kind of fast enough, especially if you're kind of in a hurry. Yeah. Like I like I play and you're just like, can I cheat? Can I get up this one, too? Like, oh, no, of course I can't. Why did I do that? Uh, so I never learn. I always fall. And um, <laughs> I, I always, always forget that you can just like hookshot above all of them. Oh, yeah. And, until, until I fall in at least one time. I don't think I even knew that you could do that hookshot to skip most of oh. that. Just just a long shot to the very top, baby. Yep. You don't need to play this. Yeah. I think you need to stand. There's like a, a raised platform somewhere. And I think you need to stand on that to get there. But like. It's pretty much nothing. You can you can easily skip the whole thing, and I always forget it, and I always fall, <laughs> and that always is like the the bane of the spirit temple to me. Insult to injury in that room. It you just got two beamos at the at the at the base there, and then at the top. Yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. Which are they are just absolute threats if you are uh, distracted doing anything like climbing. Yeah, these guys are all over you. Who are we kidding at this point? Let's be honest, right? We don't have to play this game where like you're climbing up this wall and if you're too far up between two of them, I guess the wall, because he makes a pained noise. I forget if you get damage from the wall itself. I think you do. You do? Okay, so that's the wall trying to tear you in half because you're climbing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm just like, just like yeah. go, use those silver gauntlets of yours and just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to worry about your legs. Come on. F fantastic upper body strength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, this room always sticks out. I do love that uh, that boulder room, though. I, I enjoy that one. Oh, yeah. That room, you do some fun, like, perspective stuff when you're in the alcoves and whatnot. Uh, yeah. But it, at the end of the day, it's just another silver rupee. Uh, yeah. Room. The lower half of the temple kind of mirrors the first child link half, which I thought was kind of cool. We mm. still have to go in a circle and do, you know, uh, different tasks to get further in through the temple. Something that I found kind of funny this time through. In mirroring the room where young Link fights a Stalfos, Teen Link just has to fight a Wolfos. Which mm. is nothing. It's significantly easier. 
Yeah. yeah. You think you think it would have been flipped? You'd think <laughs> so. I think possibly someone screwed up there. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. There's a there is a fun little room here where you get three sun puzzles on the walls and you have a a giant mirror that you are shining light on the sun puzzles. Yeah. You enter this room and you hear battle music, but you don't see any enemies mm-hmm. uh, because the game does the messed up trick of putting an invisible floor master in this room that you got to take out. What is this? The shadow temple? Well, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm done. I'm done with the invisible enemies. Mm-hmm. So you take out the floor master. You can burn away all three of these suns, but only one of them is a proper sun that opens the door. I think there's four, actually. There's one that has a heart. There's one that has an ice trap, which the Gerudo in this game are mm-hmm. all about ice magic i don't know if you recall yeah, <laughs> yeah not they haven't discovered lightning yet i guess huh there's one that drops a, a, a visible wall master that you can fight and then there's one that actually unlocks the door yeah, yeah. I, I have the special ability to like hit every single one that i don't need before <laughs> i get the one that i need same no matter how many times i play it i know the feeling <laughs> yeah, yeah i got one or two more rooms that we yeah, can go through really there, quick but... there's a couple like you go back to the big lady room that that room obviously uh I think the the room where you get the boss key, I think, is a, is a cool looking room. It almost feels a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. It almost, it's almost like regal, like in a, in a way, like it looks very uh, formal, uh, if you will. There's like red carpet everywhere and kind of like this decorative. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's kind yeah. of maximum security, that room, because like you go in and like it is blocked off by Zelda's lullaby. We're at this point where I cannot explain the socio-political reasoning to why Zelda's lullaby would be here in this dungeon. I can't do it. The first few times you use it, it makes sense. After the second <laughs> half of the game, you're just using it any chance you can. This is jumping ahead, but man, I, I'll never get a chance to say if I don't say it now. But I, one of my Jeez. absolute favorite rooms in this game is that one room in Ganon's castle where like, you go in, there's a like-like, you play Zelda's lullaby, and you get a chest, and you just move on. The room is like is like this big it's it's super tiny and it's like what is the point of this and i i just think i don't know why i just think it's great because it's like so like unnecessary and like dumb (laughs) like i don't know it just makes me laugh it's like a strange holdover from hyrule castle yeah it's like did you like did this meant to get taken out or like is this supposed (laughs) to be like the first five minutes of the game i don't know but yeah 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 that's that i i remember that too i feel like it's like a a one last like way to get you health before the final battle if yeah I remember Something so like that. this this boss key room that you're talking about it is interesting to me because this is the most security there has been in this game thus far for a boss key because you get in there th- past the barred door uh it's full of torch slugs not really a danger that's fine then there's like a bunch of door mimics which if you go near them at all they will you know crush you you smash those with the megaton hammer no problem then there's like floating ice platforms mm-hmm. Gerudo loves ice magic it's their very it's very much their thing which by the way i can't tell you how much i wanted to ascend through these things after playing tears of the kingdom oh, <laughs> oh i know <laughs> yep i was literally just thinking that as i was saying this room <laughs> they've done basically every kind of puzzle similar to the um the torches rupee key thing from from kid link's half like, I, just, I really like how much they test you in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of tests, uh, you do get one more iron knuckle confrontation here. Natch, super easy. Oh, super easy, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, does like, it does like half the amount of damage uh, as an adult. Um, and if you are using the big Oron sword, I think it takes like five hits of damage to take it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mentioned in the previous episode, the Gerudo don't know how to cope with a bigger on sword to the shins. They they have no clue. 
no one in this game really does at the end of the day. I, I even like specifically though, like this battle, like there's something about the way your your sword just slices through them like butter, and their their armor falls off. Like, yeah, I almost I almost feel bad, like because you're like you're just you're just killing them. They're they're turkeys <laughs> on Thanksgiving. It's terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> like your sword, like especially after like not like you had a, a super challenge as a kid, but like you could take some damage. But like here, it's just like, oh man. These poor trapped in prison Gerudo. <laughs> it's like, stop, yeah. she's already dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but once we take care of this second mini boss, uh, we find ourselves once again outside of the Colossus, this time on the other hand, and we are mm-hmm. presented with another chest. We open it and we find the mirror shield. Yes. Uh, the shield's polished surface can reflect light or energy. Slick. God, what a great item. What a great item. Yeah, again kind of iconic this is a magic shield right because they say the only clue they give is polished but i think there's a lot more to it than that i mean yeah yeah the boss fight that we're about to take on in a minute will uh will definitely back up that statement so yeah this is cool this actually is cooler than i ever uh gave it credit for during my playthroughs i didn't know that like enemy projectiles will just explode against this thing yeah. Like uh deku scrub nuts yeah. will break and like octorock rocks will break which is not really helpful if you're trying to deflect right no actually not at all but yeah <laughs> just, the, the sh- it just like again it looks so slick uh I, and i'm like a big visual guy like it, it looks incredible um actually i was a little bit disappointed in majora's mask that they that they changed that oh, um, oh the screaming face cannot agree love screaming bit, face yeah. shield love screaming face i don't mind i don't mind screaming face but again the kind of the traditionalist in me is like oh the, i love the mirror shield but yeah it, yeah, it yeah. just looks awesome and and man the amount of puzzles you can do in this dungeon with that mirror shield is just so and 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 the boss that we'll talk about here like yeah it's just it, it's such a great item because at this point in the game too i kind of felt like like what else like what else can we possibly get like playing this game right sure. like because we've already got mm-hmm. like hook shots and bows and like everything mm-hmm. i was like what other item could there possibly be and i remember getting the the shield as a kid and just being like this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> how about the rocks cape rocks cape. Well, that, is, that is pretty cool actually that is pretty speaking cool speaking of minish cap though I, one thing i will say like at least they give it to you kind of not early on but You've got some game left to use this shield. Mm. In the Minish Cap, they give it to you at like the last possible moment of the Minish Cap. Yeah, like, yeah you, you literally can't get it until you've rolled the credits with that, which I thought was like super lame. And so I love, dumb. I love Minish Cap. Agreed. But yeah, that's that's not. It's too bad. That's not how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I I wish were about this game i think with the mirror shield is it would be nice if there were more environmental puzzles in hyrule that utilized it it's kind of just dungeon stuff but it is a cool shield and yeah it's nice to see that there are little things it can do like break projectiles that show that it's stronger than the hylian shield i I agree with that and i wonder what you guys think about this because we were talking about arbiter's grounds a little bit earlier and and i've kind of heard people critique that for for like the spinner that you get in there being sure. like, yeah, well, you like, you don't really use it outside of the dungeon. And like, I, I think that's valid, but like, I also think that like, for, for me, I'm kind of like, you know what? I'll take like a really cool item that you really only use in the dungeon. If it like makes the dungeon like a really exceptional 
dungeon. I, I don't know. That's my that's my stand. But I can see the other side of that argument. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I think I largely agree. I think something that would have helped would be that because you if you're on the spinner, just on the ground, you can use it like a little bit. It has a little bit of functionality where you can like maybe stun certain enemies if you if you pulse it when they're nearby. I think if they made it a little more effective off of off of a rail, that would have been enough for me. Mm-hmm. I, I think in regards to the shield in this game, like it's probably to your point better to make a few really big moments with an item rather than make a bunch of moments that are like kind of average, right? And they do make mm-hmm. a few really big moments with the puzzles in this dungeon uh, with the mirror shield. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think in that in that regard, it is pretty well utilized for sure. I'll say, as far as complaints about the spinner, it's hard to get worse than the Dominion Rod. <laughs> I, I like the Dominion Rod. I like the Dominion Rod too. No, no, no. I mean, in terms of using it outside of the dungeon, because I think sure. there's what, oh, well, one, okay, yes. one spot out in larger Hyrule where you use it, and that's it. Yeah, like one or two maybe. That portion after the Temple of Time is the most horrific portion of almost any Zelda game that I can think of, except except for maybe maybe the intro to Twilight Princess, which is just it's just miserable. I'm I'm sorry that that part of the game makes me antisocial. I really don't like talking to people in that as someone who only played through Twilight Princess like last year. I was kind of okay with the whole intro because it's mood building. If I had to play through it more than one time, though, I'm sure I would be right there with you. Wow. Um, so, you know, some people say that about Skyward Sword, and I love that game. So, you know, different different strokes for different folks. For sure. Hey, uh, all the local kids are getting together. Uh, we're trying to figure yeah. out how to work a slingshot. Uh, hey, Link, you know how a slingshot works. Teach us by us teaching you, please. <sighs> yeah. I mean, yeah, they really... Much fix so much of that stuff in the hd for skyward sword skyward sword such a chef's kiss game <laughs> I, I agree i love yeah, it Yeah, it's good stuff okay so we got a few more puzzles here we don't need to go through all of them can i really mention really quick in the big lady room there is a central door on the ground floor uh that once you unlock it as an adult you run through it and you push some blocks into some holes to open up a hallway that will lead to a platform that will lower down back into the foyer Mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. short now that is a shortcut that's a yeah. real good shortcut shadow temple wishes because you also have you have a long shot spot to get right back up there right mm-hmm. it is it is so expedient i'm so appreciative honestly yeah i, I mean also stuff. because i had to take notes about this dungeon in like chunks i've been very busy lately <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i i, I agree I, specifically your comment about the shadow temple uh I, I actually died in, my, in one of my runs a couple of years ago at the Shadow mm-hmm. Temple. And it's like, if you're going back to the beginning here and you're in big trouble because there's really I think there's like one shortcut and it's not really even that much of a shortcut. It's it kind of gets you back to the boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah, a, yeah. Yeah. Big old descent. I appreciate I appreciate that about the, the spirit temple as if well. If they if they do remake the game like you had mentioned before, like fix that first, please. Yeah, yeah. please. And thank you. <laughs> So yeah, the one last room I think is worth talking about is like this extended mirror puzzle that we get where we're just Mm. linking light from mirrors over several rooms with the end goal of exploding the face of the desert colossus of the cool cool big lady. So now hang on here. You blow up the face with sunlight, which tells me that that face was not supposed to be here to begin with. 
because there's a whole chamber, like it's a mirror that is specifically a huge mirror that is aimed down into this area and this platform that, that lowers down into, into this ritual statue chamber. Plus also, when the, the, the beautiful human face is gone from the statue, there's mm -hmm. still this big snake head on top, which mm. to me looks like that's the real face of the statue. Maybe. I dig that. I, I do like that. <laughs> To me, it's like, oh, this thing was eroding over time. And then you um, you essentially just did like the magnifying glass on like an anthill sort of trick and just kind of. <laughs> that, that's kind of that has always been my like interpretation, too. But I, I kind of dig that. I think that there's like maybe something like it, it's like fake or not supposed to be there and like mm -hmm. covering up something because like you, you go through it and you go to like this evil inner sanctum like yeah, maybe that's true I could, I could be definitely down with that make it seem more serene than it really is you know this this yeah. beautiful wicked goddess statue that's on the outside of the building but it's actually when you're in there and the sunlight touches it it's hideous <laughs> it lure, lures you in yeah. yeah I like that that is very cool and when we get inside of that snake I don't like the way I worded that <laughs> uh, we get a little cutscene. Oh, yeah. And this is our introduction uh, to Kotake and Koume. And they are accompanied by a brown iron knuckle. Like the the armor set is, is brown colored. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, it looks like someone's here. What an outrageous fellow to intrude so boldly into our temple. We should teach him a lesson. Our loyal minion destroy this intruder on our behalf. Uh, they disappear and we are once again fighting. I think this is now the third Iron Knuckle. Yep. Mm. Fights just like the first two. Is, is she any stronger than the last two? Don't think so. No, no, no. I, I think it's literally the same fight. Yeah. Okay. So you crack this one open again, like the last two, except this time there's a, a filling to that uh, nut. And it is uh, Naburu, who has been brainwashed. Our old friend. Yeah friend acquaintance that yeah. gives me hope that maybe uh the last couple gerudo that we tangled with maybe uh, had a better fate than we imagined because uh, naburu seems to be okay kind of after it depends right because we don't know how long naburu was in that armor right uh, that's true yeah depends yeah. how long the brainwashing takes seven years or was she no she was brainwashed this whole time right yeah, yeah. maybe I, I would think so. Uh, the witches take notice that we returned her back to normal. They they make some off comments about how they were the ones making her work for Ganondorf. Yeah. And they say maybe we should brainwash her again. They launch some magic at her and teleport her out of the area. Two things. At this point, I don't know if this part of the cutscene is on N64, but on 3DS, Noburu tries to make a run for it before she gets zapped. Right. Mm -hmm. Which I think is just, it was kind of grim. Yeah, that's very scary. <laughs> like it? she pushes past you to try and get away and she just does not make it to the door. Reminds me of Mars Attacks a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I watched that not that long ago. <laughs> goaded movie. Yeah, 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 it's good stuff. The second thing is, how come Kome and Kotake never use their warping magic or their brainwashing magic on you? You're like right there. You'd think at least warping, right? Like I, I could, I could believe that brainwashing. You need certain conditions, or you yeah. need to, you know, maybe Link is is accrued enough power that that's not going to work. But it does seem maybe that they don't use all the the weapons at their disposal for yeah. sure. It's like, hey, zap, you're over a cliff, or zap, you're in our evil headquarters. So they're doing an assessment of they're they're kind of doing a read on the different characters, right? So. Uh, Naburu is a Gerudo. She's a trained warrior. 
Uh, so she's probably just more of a swordsman, but maybe she is more weak-minded, whereas hmm. Link is hmm. the bearer of the Triforce of Courage, okay. so his will is probably stronger, right? So, like, when yeah. they attack Link, they attack him with force, but they can't penetrate through the mind stuff, whereas... Hmm. They do the opposite for Naburu. To they someone... get into the mind because they don't have a chance against her uh, power wise. Mm-hmm. Well, plus she's been worn down mentally for seven years. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Too, yeah. Do you guys remember how we end up? Is there like an elevator in this room? How do we end up in that final arena? For I the, think it's for just a boss? door, right? No, I think I think it's just a door and. Do you you climb up? I, I believe. Okay, yeah, there's right a big on. there's a big yeah. central dais that you you climb up to uh, to where we're gonna be abusing the elderly. That's right. <laughs> we're fighting this dungeon's boss, the Sorceress Sisters Twinrova. They, they actually teleport in, like they warp in through glyphs on the floor, which reminded yeah. me a lot of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I think they're even blue gifts, right? One of them that is, they, and one is uh, orange for fire. And one's, one's red, yeah. Oh. It's, it is very Breath of the Wild-y. I love this fight. This is, <laughs> you know, you know what the best part about like this this fight? And, and I would actually say about this dungeon just in general is like, the Forest Temple is my favorite dungeon ever. I love it. And like, right but there's no, there's not like a, a story to it necessarily. And and you could, sure. you could kind of say that there is about the Fire Temple. You've got all the Gorons stuck, but like, there's not really, there, there's not really like that much of an overarching story in like the actual dungeons themselves. And like, this mm-hmm. one kind of has like, it has a lot going on. Like you meet a new character, you have these new villains, uh, Kaopora Gabor is there. Like, yep. mm-hmm. it kind of feels like this, like really cool, like, like story that's taking place and, and culminating, which makes this fight, I think, feel so much more than just like a random monster at the end yeah. of uh, of a dungeon. So I, I think it like does a really good job of of building up, which mm-hmm. that ad- added element makes it like I actually think it's like the fight of this game. It's kind of it's really t- it. honestly you make a great point. This dungeon, like from top to bottom, kind of feels like an episode. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. narratively, it ties into itself throughout, whereas usually you enter a dungeon, something happens, you do the dungeon, maybe you get a little bit right before the boss fight, and then you're kind of off to the next thing. Yeah, this one, you're constantly kind of getting some narrative fed to you. That's a very good point. That said... The majority of this fight depends on Twin Rova being dumb as. I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Because <laughs> they they know the shield you got. You got it here in the temple. They know what it does, but they're gonna keep pelting you with elemental magic. Specifically, yeah, stuff that is kind of weak against. Well, it's weak against the shield unless you kind of misuse the shield. In which case, the shield becomes a weapon that they use against you because this the sucker will explode in your hands really oh yeah let's talk about what happens in this fight right so basically uh the the two witches fly around the room and they try to get a good angle and just fire projectile beams uh, i think Kome will uh fire like a fire beam and kotake will do an ice beam right yeah and and like each beam has splash damage on the floor so you got to get like out of the radius but mm-hmm. with your mirror shield, you deflect it right back at them. And basically, when one witch is firing an element at you, you want to project it to the other witch. Which is harder than it looks. I, it really is. It really is. Like, especially uh, 
I found on on 3DS mm. particularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's what's nice is you kind of you really are bullying these witches. <laughs> you kind of like stop hitting yourselves. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is very fun. Should these two, by the way, have you guys noticed how absolutely huge these two old ladies are? I'll tell you, like when when they transform, that it, it gives me like very. Uh, like great fairy energy. Oh, suggestive energy. I have that same note. Oh, I yeah. was going to say Steven yeah. Universe, but yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the transformed version, <laughs> even the even facially looks like a great fairy a bit, but also yeah. just the energy it, it puts out there for sure. Yeah, um, but just generally speaking, even in their old and hobbled forms, they are much larger than a normal Gerudo. Like they're like cartoonishly huge. They're much bigger than Adult Link right now, yeah. Which mm. you don't really think about because, like, they're not often on the same plane as Link. Uh, they're usually pretty far away. They're usually pretty far, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they they are pretty massive. Like, yeah. now, now that you say it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you do this a few times, and then, like Andy said a second ago, they have a moment after enough damage is dealt where they they say, "Okay, let's get serious now." Kotake and Koame's double dynamite attack, and yeah. they fuse into a single entity. Mm twin rova with hair made of both fire and ice which is uh just really really cool so good very harley quinn yeah yeah the, the boss looks is like just incredible looks like nothing else in the game like i i really like the the first phase but the second phase is like a whole other level it's so awesome outside of like the ganondorf fight next episode I don't think we get too many other like transformative moments with boss fights in in this game i don't think so not really i mean uh i guess maybe if you wanted to count phantom ganon but that's true not really much of one Kinda, that's yeah. a very very small uh transformation yeah i think, I yeah. think that's pretty much yeah. it so at this point they have i think two staves that correspond to different elements the mirror shield for some reason now can suddenly absorb <laughs> the elemental attacks yeah figure that one fantastic out. It's yes. very cool. It's bizarre that it can just do a new thing and no one tells you. Yes, I love this. <laughs> so good. It's so good. So they are still both individually like uh, shooting fire and ice at you. And what you want to do here is absorb three incoming projectiles of yeah. ice or mm -hmm. three incoming projectiles of fire. But mm -hmm. you do not want to mix them. Oh, is that what you meant? Like, no. It'll, it'll explode if you do that? Yeah, if you, like, yeah. let's say, take one ice and one fire, your shield will explode and do a ton of it, damage. It's a bad yeah. scene. Oh, it's like shattering glass. Yeah, yeah. pretty much, yeah. It's it's very it's very cool. I love... I, I don't know. I just, like, love the chaos of, of the fight. I would actually... If I could uh, remake this game, I would make it even, like, more chaotic, where, like, they were throwing them out even faster and even, like, just... Like, things were even more crazy. Yeah. Um, I, there's just something about, like, when you have, like, two elements... And then you're just like, hey, come on, give me fire, give me fire. And then they throw ice at you and your shield is like throbbing, <laughs> just waiting for that. Extra. It's like, this is so good. And like, it doesn't make sense. And they're just kind of standing around like a bunch of fools. But I don't care. Yep. Like, this is great. Every now and then we in the Zelda franchise, we get like a boss returning in a later game yeah. or maybe a boss that's inspired by a boss from another game. And I think Pete and I were both kind of locked in that we wanted some sort of twin Rova in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, man, I was really banking yeah. on it. Yeah. You know, I will, I will say this. I was pitching for like years, actually, that they should instead of like having Hinoxes and Stalnoxes and whatever mm -hmm. on the overworld map, I was like, I was like, give us like the, the NES bosses, like give us like Aquamentus or like Goma yes, or sure. or Gleok, who he, he did show up. And I was <laughs> like, when I saw that trailer, I was like. 
fist pumping. I was texting everybody I knew, just like, hey, remember when I said they should bring these bosses back? <laughs> <laughs> Man, Aquamentus would have been such a pull. That would have been so oh, good. Yeah, that would have been so good. Alas, maybe DLC. I don't know. Yeah. So when you get three charges in your shield, it automatically discharges a huge burst of that element towards Twin Rova. Yeah. That's yep. uh, that's some polish. It's very cool. It's so awesome. Like, I don't know if you guys ever experienced this too, but like when this happens, especially on the N64, but sometimes on the 3DS, you'll notice that the the, the frame rate starts to lag often at this time. Oh yeah. And, and I, I'm not I'm not like a frame rate guy at all. Like I I don't care about that, but I sure. do notice it here, and I'm like sweet it's like it's bullet time from the matrix and i'm slowly <laughs> jumping and i'm like going to slasher it's fantastic and it, it's like something that actually adds to the fight for me there is something about that the chunks coming through in in very chaotic moments that feel satisfyingly <laughs> chaotic that's like yeah things are hitting the fan now oh, right. yeah. <laughs> give me the 15 fps baby yeah, it, it's incredible i have a weird question that just came to my mind and I apologize in advance. Uh-oh. Double dynamite attack. That's what it's called when they fuse, right? Mm -hmm. What's dynamite in this world? Because you have like bombs and stuff. Have we ever seen dynamite? Oh. I, I feel like that's a that's a hard no. No, yeah, it's just bombs. But I, I guess that that does explain the explosion if you mix the elements. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it just has a different meaning. Yeah, right. The only thing I can think of that's even kind of close is like the the powder kegs. Sure. Yeah, true. And uh, that doesn't come that doesn't come till the next game. So yeah, it does <laughs> have a fuse cool. though. That's a good point. Yeah. So after doing some more damage uh, in this moment, after tossing some of their projectiles once again back at their face, uh, we get some dialogue. Shoot, what a fresh kid. This time we'll get serious, right, Kotake? No, I'm dead. And as they're saying that, uh, halos appear Ugh. above their heads and a beam of light shoots down. They notice those halos over each other's heads and they uh, lament that they can't die yet. Kome says, oh, I'm only 400 years old. And Kotake says, oh, I'm only 380. Oh, and they, yeah kind of go back and forth like oh we're twins don't lie blah 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 you know they have some fun bickering this goes on forever oh yeah it is like 20 lines of dialogue it feels like but then we get a fun little text page saying i'll come back to haunt you which seems like a reference to the fact that they're in the oracle games a few mm, years later here's the mm -hmm. thing chris i thought about that too it's like okay so there was actually a theory that bounced around about these two that at this point this is a spell they're faking their deaths right that's the whole idea. But the Oracle games are a different timeline. You kill them in the adult timeline. And then back in the fallen hero timeline, they haven't died yet. Okay, fair. Mm. But I don't think they cared that much when they created, like they didn't no, think about not the at three discrete yeah, they, yeah. they super did not care. <laughs> but yeah, that is a fair point. That is a timeline in which adult Link did not yet kill uh, this boss. It is a shame because that's kind of one of those things where having an official timeline did ruin one of the more interesting things. Yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit. I mean, if you overthink it, sure. Uh, yeah, we're, we're teleported back to the Temple of Light where we see our old friend Naburu. She says she really messed up getting brainwashed by the witches and used by Ganondorf to do his evil will, uh, but she's glad to be a sage and she plans to fight back to make them pay for what they did. She says, instead of keeping the promise I made back then to you, take this medallion uh, and give oh, you the spirit medallion. Did we talk about her promise to Kid Link? We didn't. She like vaguely implies that she'll do something for Link. I think I have it here. Some some kind of reward or something. She says, I'll yeah. do something great for you. I'll yeah. do something great. But after you pass through the light temple, 
there's a little bit of line because every character, every sage has a little bit uh, of dialogue after the, the screen goes to white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hers is like, oh, if I had known you'd grown up so <laughs> handsome, I would have kept my promise. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, what promise did you make when I was 10, lady? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, she's <laughs> I, only <laughs> saying she would act on it when you're 17. That's still Ooh. creepy. Still creepy. <laughs> that, that, that line is like so outrageous. And still, like, it just makes me chuckle every time I, I read it. Yeah. Especially because like the first line from from Syria is like it's very heartfelt and very, you know, like a very nice line. And then you kind of go from that to like, hey, like, you're, you're a good looking guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And at this point, we get a line from Raru uh, saying, Link, finally, all of us, the six ages have been awakened. Time for the final showdown with the king of evil has come. Uh-huh. Uh, before that, though, you should meet the one who is waiting for you. The one who is waiting at the Temple of Time. Yeah. Yeah. A very wise character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you could catch the stank I'm putting on wise. But we will cover all of that in the final episode. Uh, oh, well, no, we covered that in the Temple of Time episode. already. Oh, yeah, we did do that already. The way we're covering this season, we're jumping around in time. Uh, just like our hero is uh, and it's <laughs> just as confusing now i can't call zelda out on her bad decisions <laughs> but what you can do uh because we are now done with this episode is participate in america's new hit game show <laughs> master quest question master Every other country in the world hates it. Andy, are you familiar with the Master Quest variants of these dungeons? Oh, I'm probably not familiar enough to sound intelligent talking about them. How about that? Fair enough. (laughs) I've done them all once or twice, but uh, it's been a while. Okay, so I'm going to list out four potential facts about the Master Quest version of the Spirit Temple. One of them will be uh, a complete fabrication. Uh, Three of them will actually be things about the Master Quest version of this temple. Okay. We can do this. We can do this, okay? <laughs> this is Yeah. <laughs> okay, I believe in you. <laughs> you guys just agree on which one is I definitely why. didn't lead our last guess into disaster. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh choice number 1. There's a club moblin in the uh half pipe room uh that is doing the club stuff Ooh, and mm-hmm. guarding a gold sculptula and it's surrounded by alcoves with symbols representing songs you need to play in those alcoves to progress the puzzle Ooh, okay option number two the pillars in the iron knuckle room when you fight it as a child are replaced with gravestones okay mm, okay option number three there's an additional stalfos battle uh where you fight atop a spinning cog lined with flames Wait, okay. what? <laughs> a Stalfos battle where you fight atop a spinning cog lined with flames. Can I ask for context? Like, what, what room is that in? I wouldn't be able to tell you. It's uh, it, it would be maybe as Young Link. Uh, it's been a while. Hmm. If it even happened in the first place. Hmm. <laughs> and the fourth option I'll give you is uh, there's an iron knuckle fight that has three thrones in the arena, mm. two of which have gold sculptures hidden behind them, and Ooh. you need to get the iron knuckle to break the thrones before defeating it if you want to get this gold sculptures. Ooh. I think I have an answer. Do you? Okay. I think I, I okay. I have a I have a hunch. I have a hunch, but okay. I I could Let's be completely it. off base. I think it's the gravestones that's not that's mm. not legit. 
Now, okay. here's the thing. Oh, God. Now that I say that, though, here's the context. Like... A lot of dungeons in this master quest that Chris has covered so far have randomly had gravestones. It could still be fake okay. what he's talking about. The only the only thing that I think watch this be the one that he made up. Like the only thing I think I remember is having a giant moblin somewhere in a master quest dungeon. OK, OK. So here's here's I'm currently leaning towards the gold sculptulas in new locations. Because that seems a little suspicious to me. Oh, I feel like it's been too long since I've played the Master Quest version. <laughs> I, I don't I feel like I don't have like a a good solid foundation mm. to go. So I, if you if you feel confident about that, I, I think I'm willing to ride oh, that. With you. I'll give you a hint. One of the two of you is right. Oh, dang it. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm gonna okay. Uh, I'm gonna say the the triple throne room. Okay, let's do it. Andy was right. No, oh, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> that iron knuckle fight totally exists. You could just straight up miss gold sculptures oh. if you fully beat the dungeon in Master Quest mode without getting those sculptures. Dang the it! Throne. Wow. Okay, so they really went all out and moved things around, huh? Yeah, yeah. So there are gravestones in this dungeon that were added. In fact, they are. Uh, in a room with a Gibdo, which is why I'm, I got excited when you mm. mentioned Gibdo early on in this recording. Oh, oh close, close, but no cigar. Dang yeah, it. but they are not in the Iron Knuckle room. A, a nice um, little bit of misdirection there, though, because since there are <laughs> gravestones, you're just the wrong room. That's yeah. Very yeah. slick. If we ever have a segment like this again, I need to side with the guest <laughs> every time. <laughs> you really yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get to our Hello Hyrule travel recommendations. Sweet. Let's do it. All right, we got a photo op, best bite, attraction, and motto. As much as I feel passionate about the Spirit Temple, this was a real test to get these for this dungeon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I overthought the model one, right? Just, I, I didn't have anything really that clever. It's okay. I don't think I did either. Pete, do you want to start us out? <laughs> sure. My recommended photo op for the Spirit Temple is a photo of me and Chris with the big lady in the big chamber with the big lady oh thanks man i'm glad to be included <laughs> i would be in one open hand and chris you would be in the other open hand heck yeah can andy <laughs> be in like the head and like in the open sure arm? yeah i'll be hanging from like the little snake thing totally up there. and we'll just have like we'll just have like you know little namaste poses sitting down right oh on. yeah you gotta have that yeah <laughs> that, spoiler that, that was my i was like how can you have a photo up and not have it by the big lady like it's, sure. hard it's right it's right it's hard to find another one mine is very yeah. close to that my recommended attraction is extreme fire and ice volleyball okay <laughs> makes a the, lot of sense it, it only works if everybody has mirror shields that's what i was gonna ask do, do you get like mirror gloves to kind of play like handball or i guess everyone just gets in we're working on that we're working on implementing it into the actual gear yeah okay uh my best bite is flying clay pot chicken what <laughs> you have you you've heard of clay pot chicken okay this is flying clay pot chicken okay so this is referencing <laughs> the clay pots in the uh beginning room exact well they're all over this dungeon they're they're sure. in almost every room you get flying pots and uh you just you know bake some chicken in there right on there you go <laughs> <laughs> makes sense honestly pretty creative given you don't have a lot of edible things in this dungeon uh andy do you want to go next or do you want me to go uh no no i, I can go 
Um, okay, well, yeah, that's that's my photo op. I mean, where, where else are you going to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be there. Uh, activity, I was like, all right, we have one we have one witch that can make ice. Uh-huh. Let's find a spot, okay, where we're going to fill up something with ice, and then someone's going to come and melt it, and we have ourselves one kick-in swimming pool that yes. we can make, like, a little ice slide. We could do, we could do skating. <laughs> we could make it a hot tub. There you go. Ooh. They use their powers for good. Now we're We talking. can do tons of things with that. Um, okay, so for, for bites, I, I have to think about this a little bit, because I was like, what the heck do I think of when I think of, like, food in the Gerudo region? And I came up with two things. And both of them are from Breath of the Wild, but I think that we could, you know, bring them over here. Let's do it. So the first is like those those watermelons that you find everywhere. And the second is their drink that they make at the bar, which <gasps> I think is called Noble... Noble Pursuit. Noble Pursuit, yeah. So I'm like, all right, what, what the heck uses booze and uses watermelon? And I came to an epiphany <laughs> where I was like, I'm making Yucca Flux. What is that? Do you guys that? know what the heck that is? Okay. No. So this is what yucca flux is. You you take a bunch of fruit. Watermelon is is a popular one and you soak it in your liquor of choice and you soak it for about a day. And uh, it's, it's almost like it looks like a fruit punch, but okay. it's filled with you know, <laughs> your, your liquor of choice and a bunch of fruit. So a watermelon is exceptional for oh. soaking up the, uh, the liquor. So you put it in your fridge, you let it marinate overnight, you bring it out to uh to a warm day and maybe you're having a party i don't know but uh you take a little bite and uh you're having a good time this is fat. So i'm looking at a picture and looks like someone made it it's like a uh they hollowed out a, a watermelon kind of like yeah. the pump the stuffed pumpkin in breath of the wild and yeah, yeah just, it, it's very cool you just made a sangria in there right on pretty much yeah i i made yucca flux once and 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 I made it a bit too strong, but so maybe not as strong, maybe just easy on the noble pursuit. But I, I think you could have a good little, uh, you know, little little pool, little yucca flux going on. <laughs> also, just great name, yucca flux. I know. Like, I don't know what that means or who named it, but uh, I remember the first time somebody told that to me, I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> what? Um, so motto, I, I don't know. I was having a heck of a time with the motto and I was I don't know. I was like trying to think of something and i was overthinking it and then i heard nirvana on the radio and i was like man <laughs> smells like teen spirit very apt very apt that works that, that works. especially because that teen really link uh, is the one traversing most of this right that's true god bless you kurt cobain <laughs> pete do you want to give your motto really quick <laughs> sure <laughs> my motto for the spirit temple is there's a snake in my boots <laughs> <laughs> i told you it was stupid i told okay. you it's stupid. It's all I, I couldn't think of anything i looked for stuff Listen. for spirit and all that came up was was like <laughs> hokey baloney spiritual religious stuff i, I and, know and then i was like what can i find with snakes fair enough hey i'm gonna get i'm gonna don't worry mine's gonna be some of that hokey baloney spiritual stuff in just a minute my photo op is your uh you take after you blow up the giant statue's face you take a picture of your face and the broken face. And yeah, it's your face and the broken face of the goddess statue in the temple. <laughs> My best bite, wrapping it back around, referencing a much earlier moment in Hello Hyrule. Kome and Kotake's ice cream and honey dessert. What? <laughs> 
So basically, you get Kotake to keep the ice cream nice and chilled, okay. and Kwame to warm up the honey. Oh. Get those two things mixed. I was looking far okay. and wide for a treat that would be both hot and cold at the same time, <laughs> and this is the best I could come up with. We also have a bunch of listeners that were uh, dumbfounded by the fact that I've never tried ice cream with honey. Have you ever tried this, Andy? No. I, I feel like that's... Uh, is that common? Like, is that a, is that Apparently, a thing? If you've had ice cream with caramel sauce or whatever, you can have ice cream with like Just get some vanilla ice cream and some cheap honey and put it on. And it's the it's good. I, I, like, I've never had it. But I mean, now that you're saying it, like, I like ice cream. I like honey. I, yeah. I feel like that probably would go together quite well. Yeah. But no, I've never had that. Yeah. Uh, my attraction is Anubis ballroom dancing. Ooh. Wow. Because the wow. way they move around, it's kind of like, you know, when you have a dance partner, you've got to <laughs> yeah. be able to kind of mirror each other's moves in a sort of way. That's really that's good. good. That's good. And my mod, I'm glad you think that's good because here comes my motto, uh, the spirit temple. Break down your walls, let the light in here at the spirit temple where we'll raise your spirit. Hmm. Well, that's very nice. <laughs> it's it's you know you'd see that on the town sign on the way to the to the spirit temple uh-huh yeah it's, it's not the one i'm most proud of this season uh but <laughs> so wait hang on a second you didn't think like to like you could have just been lift your spirits with this the because you have the silver gauntlets oh lift your spirits works mm. hey you didn't think of lift your spirits either. i'll take i'll go ahead and i'll go ahead and take credit for that one then okay <laughs> all right we can revise your motto <laughs> uh, and on that note, I'm looking out the window and it does look like we are at the post office. Andy, could you man the tour bus for a second while we uh, get off and get some of these letters read? You know it. Yeah. Post, post office. office. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are outside of the Spirit Temple post office and it looks like a pretty standard post office, but there is a massive statue of a lady guarding the door. That's that's the big difference, huh? That's the big difference this time. <laughs> Lucky for us, we can kind of just walk around it. Nothing about like sand or papyrus, anything like that. There are cracks in all the walls with light gleaming through. But yeah, we also have a couple of postcards here. We got this first one in from Justin. Justin says, new listener here. I originally found you guys through the Legend of Zelda lore cast. I've since listened and enjoyed all of your episodes. I've always wondered, and I'm still kicking myself for missing the chance, but what do you think Dead Hand or mm. Bongo Bongo tastes like? Mm -mm 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 -mm. I feel like that is within the realm of cannibalism, right? That, that's that got to be. Nothing they say ever prompts a text box. He's, they have like human hands and like... It's, it's just like a re-dead. We've eaten re-deads. Have we? I feel like we might have. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Let's do a quick Google image search. Oh, it's just its just a difficult thing to look at. I feel like Dead Hand questions what you taste like. Dead Hand does, and he gets an answer. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with, like, very old, very hard cotton candy on what pretext like what made you think that i'm just looking at this image and it looks kind of like you know when like cotton candy and in bulk is like wrapped around that thing that spins the cotton candy sure that's kind of what dead hands uh body looks like in this image that I'm looking <laughs> oh at. the low poly dead hand yeah I guess it's, it's more about the polygon count but that's all I can come up because obviously I could say nightmares. If we want to talk specifically about like what the model of Dead Hand tastes like, 
than like, yeah, probably some kind of like poorly made cotton candy with like, what's a red, what's a terrible, like red cough syrup dropped in. Oh, uh, bongo bongo though. That's an interesting question. Bong no, you know what? Bongo bongo is just like way too close to human meat. Why is bongo bongo close, but not dead hand? Dead hand doesn't resemble really outside of the full human face doesn't really <laughs> resemble a person so that's interesting actually looking at both of them dead hand looks like a person in the face uh -huh. but not so much the body right bongo bongo looks like a person in the body but not so much the face like okay because bongo bongo looks like what if glados was a flesh and blood person but also got hit by the spider-man symbiote that turned into venom yeah. Like and also was like kind of hot, but like weirdly hot. Like you shouldn't be <laughs> thinking Bongo Bongo. Bongo Bongo was dehydrated. I think that's what you're what you're trying to say. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, is licorice jerky a thing? Oh, here's okay. So I've been watching a lot of this YouTube channel called Ordinary Sausage, where they make literally anything into sausage. Mm -hmm. One episode, uh, the guy does licorice, like black licorice sausage, which he mixes in with pork and like a like spices or something, and that oh. was a five out of five sausage apparently. Okay. So like maybe there's something we I feel like that's accurate, right? Look at this there guy. There you go. Bongo Bongo is a black licorice sausage. He's just a series of sausages. <laughs> Ooh. And on that note, do you want to read this next postcard? Sure. Five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh you messing with my guy Davy Jr. <laughs> Oh, another one of these. <laughs> Chris, you messing with my guy, David Jr.? I haven't said anything about David Jr. in a long time. <laughs> That's patently false. Uh, well, I feel like our audience is like discovering the David Jr. stuff and villainizing me all over again. <laughs> uh, by the way, this review is from uh, Glory to Koga 11. So, okay. I mean, like, so we can't quite take them at face value. Who is your god, Glory to Koga? Tingle and company assemble. Hashtag what is Deku? Hashtag Goma for mom. Hashtag sand ship is best ship. I can get behind all of those hashtags. I, I don't know if I like the phrasing of Goma for mom. Goma for mom. It's <laughs> like a, a democratic vote. Goma for mom. Yes, vote vote for me for mom this year. Which one at the end we'll have a sorties category. Which one is mom? And we'll yes, just have like I'll take you that. Know, Goma, Saria, <laughs> who else? Impa, Naburu. <laughs> All right. And also we want to give a quick thank you to new Kofi supporters, Nature and Aid and Squiddy Inkster. Uh, nice. Thank you for supporting us on Kofi. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Also, this is our last guest episode for this season uh, with the fantastic Andy Spateri. And I just feel like maybe we should just take one more quick moment um, because the guests really did help make this season so much more unique and oh, better yeah. than anything we've put out in the past. You know, thank you again to Andy from the Zelda cast, to Bob Buell from 99 Questions, to, to Brian and Travis from Draft Punks, Jake and Josh from the Morphing Grid and, and Kingdom Smarts. Uh, Aaron and Ariel from the Legend of Zelda lore cast, Ryan from A for No, B for Yes, and Celeste, who you can hear on another Zelda podcast. Uh, thank you all so much again for for joining us throughout this season. Yeah, it was it, extreme. I mean, unique is a good word. Like it was the most unique experience we've had on this show so far. It's yeah. been, it was just so much fun. It was so much fun. Agreed. And on that note, I guess we should get back into the spirit temple chris it was so long since we recorded this one did i like this 
You did. Yeah, okay. we had fun in this temple. We talked about this temple uh, in great detail with Andy. I can't wait to hear it. All right, I'll see you there. Yeah! We're back. <laughs> if you have any opinions on two very large old ladies, you can send us a postcard at HyrulePod at gmail.com or by dropping us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read your message here and you'll be helping more listeners like you to find the show. You can also find the show on Insta and Tumblr at HyrulePod. And if you want to find us individually, I am at the edge of my Pete. I'm at a man named Babs. You can check me out uh, at Spateri316 across all socials. Andy, thank you again for doing this. Where can people find uh, Omega Metroid podcast and the Zelda cast? Uh, so, yeah, if you head over to Twitter, uh, you can check out uh, the Zelda cast at the Zelda cast. And Omega Metroid is at Omega Metroid pod. Um, and check out at Virtual Theater X while you're there, because that's uh, that's the third show. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm all over the place. But Terry 316, you can you can find me wherever uh, just using that. So, Sweet. Uh, no, I, th- thanks for having me on, guys. I feel like I feel like you guys are like like savants. You guys are super smart with your how in depth you're going. I feel like I learned like a ton about the spirit temple that I and I thought I knew a lot about the spirit temple. So was, this was great. Thank you. It, it's fun, like really slowing down and kind of uh, uh, just like taking in all the little details overall for Ocarina of Time. It's been a really fun way to experience this game because as an adult, I feel like our brains are hardwired. Like we have things to do. We we've got places to go. Like we don't really get to slow down with games. And, and this mm-hmm. this podcast has been a fun opportunity opportunity to to slow down with this game and I'm, I'm so glad you could join us uh your your expertise and, and your knowledge and and just your personality has been an absolute delight this episode so thank you for sure and thank you thank you to both of you guys this is uh, this is a blast this is great <laughs> And thank you to Chillboy Beats for the use of our intro and outro music. If you want to hear more Synthwave Zelda goodness, you can find his album, The Hero of Synth, on YouTube, Spotify, and Bandcamp. We also, you know, if you want to find us on Discord, in all of our socials, uh, you can find our Discord. Uh, We have a Ko-fi, K-O-F-I slash Hyrule Pod. Uh, you support us there any amount one-time donation you get a bunch of bonus episodes different game chats that are not zelda related and you can get access to pete's tabletop rpg directly based off of the legend of zelda which is uh, really fun legends of delta that's gonna do it for this episode of hello hyrule thank you for listening next episode we're finally doing this chris we're wrapping oh. up this titanic season it's been such a, a thrill ride. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's been a big challenge, but I think we've done some really good work here. Yeah, we've had so many great guests throughout the season. We've t- covered so many interesting areas, and it's all going to culminate with this, our last battle at Ganon's Tower. I can't wait to put a sword in this dude, for real. Indeed. <laughs> but until then, I have been Pete. I've been Chris. Uh, Andy, good to good to be on the pod, and and I can't wait for your guys' uh, finale of Ocarina of Time. I'm I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. So so Andy, we uh, we have a sign out for the podcast. Usually Pete does it, uh, but it is in the vein of the uh, '90s cartoon for Legend of Zelda. And Andy, if if you're up for it, you could you can maybe take us out. Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> Well, excuse me, podcast. All right. <laughs> we did the Patreon show on virtual theater with like each episode of that cartoon. And like oh. we had like a running excuse me count. Nice. Oh. I think we ended up with like 40 something at the end. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs>